When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Pumpkins tonight, tonight, my boys behind the glass. Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an E, and Luke Lograno doing their morning dance routine, which was caught, I must tell you, on video by the very talented Gabby Lopez. If you're watching this radio show live right now at WABCRadio.tv, which you can do every morning, simulcast, a television show, WABCRadio.tv. You can catch out uh, the catch the whole crew in action today. We've got them all here. Justin Ellick. Luke Lograno, Frankie Diaz with an E, Mike Garcia, the lovely Christina, Aversa, all here today, Deb Valentine. And we have a, a big, big show coming your way. Three great guests. I mean, three great guests, starting at 7.05 with the former mayoral candidate and a guy that is now basically on all weekend here at WABC, a legendary radio talk show host and dear friend, Curtis Sliwa. Why he's in Florida, I don't know, but he'll be on at 7.05. Famed defense attorney, live from Milan, Italy this morning, my dear friend of 45 years, Joseph Tacopina. He'll join us again at uh, 7.40. And, of course, it is Thursday. That means Bill O'Reilly will be here. He'll be here coming up at 8.40. I did get a text last night from my partner, Bernard. Of course, he's going to be out till Monday. Went back to Sloan Kettering on Tuesday night and uh, started receiving treatments chemo yesterday three days of it yesterday today and tomorrow and he texted me last night at ten thirty four p.m and i had already had sex at that point and gone to bed <laughs> you want some information i got it for you and uh he said and i quote well he used a, a curse word shizzle the synonym for duty he said shizzle ain't easy bro miss you love you with a heart and that was at uh, 10.43 last night. So uh, Bernie going through it round two, I believe, of uh, five rounds. Uh, these rounds are tough because they're two or three days at a time, not just a lot of folks I know that have this. They go in for a day, they get their chemo, they go home. Bernie, uh, he stays at this place for uh, two or three days. So he's getting a lot of it. But this is round two, and uh, we know that after round one, he came back pretty strong. I felt the last couple of days 
like he was starting to go backwards just a little. His voice started to go a little south, and he seemed a little weaker. So I felt like it was a good time for him to get back to the hospital, get the next round of chemo, if you will. I'm not a doctor, and maybe I'm wrong here. Although he did admit uh, in, a, in a, a, a private conversation that I was right, that he was a little weaker and having a tougher time the last couple of days. So back uh, back at it at Sloan Kettering today and tomorrow and back on this show coming up on Monday. So in his stead, what do we do? We book a lot of really good guests, and then we rely on the rest of the cast to step up, and they do every single time, every single time. And today will be no different. So we have uh, those three great guests. We've got Litter Reports. We've got Beat Sid coming up on this Thursday edition. But the biggest story here in the city was the governor, Kathy Hochul, the governor, Kathy Hochul, who for some reason Justin Ellick loves. I don't get it. I don't uh, – what, 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 what is that all about? Um, I have a thing for, um, you know, eyebrows that are that tend to be really high up on the forehead. Sure. Which is why I'm, you know, sometimes sexually attracted to you. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. So Do um, I have that? No. Oh. What? Who? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You don't uh, like Kathy Hochul at all, do you? No, no. She, Not even I, I despise her. She <laughs> grosses me out, and uh, you know. I don't, I don't know. know anybody that really likes her. I mean, I guess she, is she married? Her husband must like her. She I has would, kids. I would assume she's married. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. But uh, she came out yesterday with this uh, much anticipated announcement, and no surprise, we knew that the business uh, mask mandate was set to expire today, and uh, she let that happen. So again. At the risk of repetition, what I went through last Saturday in New York City with my beautiful wife, Danielle, going into the um, the Columbus shops, and then, of course, West Elm Furniture. I don't know if that would happen this Saturday, but Danielle made the point last night, she's right, that I guess these businesses, even though Hochul lifted the mandate, if they're owned privately, they, they can still do whatever they want. So it could happen again. I can go right back to West Elm on Saturday, and they may have the same thing in place, right? I mean, it's up to them. She... She can make all the declarations she wants. So can Joe Biden in Washington, D.C. But if these local stores want to uh, want to keep the thing going, who's to stop them? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's kind of on the same level as, uh, you know, you can't smoke a cigarette inside most right. businesses. I don't think that's like a law, but that's because they're privately owned businesses. I mean, I mean, I mean can't smoke right, if you want a golf course, you can say, I don't want blacks or Jews. Now you're going to leave yourself wide open to major lawsuits and all kinds of uh, repercussion. But you can do that, right? I mean, if you own it. You can do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah, to a certain extent, obviously. Right. Is that right, Christina? Do you get the uh, the feeling that Danielle is right on that? She is right. I mean, it's like certain places of business or restaurants that don't allow shorts or right. flip-flops. Or, uh, I went to a restaurant on Saturday night, and it was so funny. I was reading the entire um, you know, requirements. No, um, nothing that represents a sport. So you couldn't wear like a giant Why? sweatshirt. No sports paraphernalia, clothing. What restaurant was this? I'm curious. So it was Houston's. Oh, Houston's. I yeah. love Houston's. Yeah. I used to go to Houston's on Glades Road and Boca Raton every single week. It's, it's, I love the restaurant too, but they are very, very strict with their, their retire requirements and wow. nothing that has like an NFL giants, this and that. Yeah. So you, you can't could, wear it. No. Wow. All so, right. Well, it's kind of the same thing, same I thing. guess. All right. Well then, uh, even though the, uh, the governor lifted this, who knows what's going to happen in this city. That's one of the reasons why I'm getting out, because it's just, um, well, you just can't trust anybody. Here is Kathy Hochul yesterday making this very, very predictable announcement. We had a mask or vax requirement for businesses. It was an emergency temporary measure put in place literally two months ago. And at this time, 
we say that is the right decision to lift this mandate for indoor businesses and let counties, cities, and businesses to make their own decisions on what they want to do with respect to masks or the vaccination requirement. Given the declining cases, given declining hospitalizations, that is why we feel comfortable to lift this in effect tomorrow. Now, look, we don't really care about this. We know, of course, uh, if you want to wear a mask, go ahead. If you don't, go ahead. We know, of course, that people still get crazy. I get victimized every week. I don't care. What I do care about are the kids. Now, we've been over this only a billion times, a billion the last two years. I can't stand the fact my son Gabriel wears a mask to school every day. He's 13 years old. And uh, we are really all waiting for them to lift the mask mandate for kids. We don't care about adults because if you're an adult, you do do what you want. Right. Bottom line is you want to wear a mask. Go ahead. You don't like me. I'm not going to wear it. You can throw me out of your restaurant, throw me out of your out of your, your, your furniture store. I don't care. But my kid has to wear this mask and we want that to end. And as far as I know, Kathy Hochul did not give us any any time or date yesterday in respect to that. Is that right, Justin? Yeah, that's correct. Now, Jen Psaki did speak yesterday at the White House and uh, she said that if the kids don't have to wear masks at some point in schools because there are the blue cities in blue states that are going to lift that as well, that she still thinks a kid should wear them. She's such a moron, she hurts my feelings, Jen Psaki. Here she was yesterday. Jen, given that the CDC guideline still remains that masking is recommended in schools, if you are a parent, a teacher, a student living in a state where that is no longer recommended, should you still follow the CDC guideline? Yes. Yes, still follow the CDC guideline, even though, like everybody else, like Anthony Fauci, like the WHO, like just about everybody outside of Donald Trump and Sid and Bernie, they've gotten everything wrong. The CDC at the very top of the list. Rachel, uh, Rochelle, excuse me, Rochelle Walensky, and she is with uh, the CDC. She spoke yesterday, too, about masking and what her recommendations are. We continue to recommend masking in areas of high and substantial transmission. Um, That's much of the country right now in public indoor settings. And so we're, of course, taking a close look at this in real time, and we're evaluating rates of transmission as well as rates of severe outcomes um, as we look at um, updating and reviewing our guidance. I'm begging you. Stop. It's over. It's been over for months and months and months. That doesn't stop these Democrats Uh, like her, Uh, but I'm talking about specifically politicians and Hollywood types from yelling and screaming about wearing masks, even though, even though Stacey Abrams, the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, the mayor in San Francisco, London Breed, all of these folks who yell the loudest, they yell and scream, they've all been caught recently maskless. Here they are. I told them that's what I was doing. And in the excitement after I finished, because it was so much fun working with those kids, I took a picture. And I, when people ask for a photograph, I hold my breath and I put it here and people could see that. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit. What? And what? I wasn't thinking about a mask. No, she was feeling the spirit, baby. She wasn't thinking about a mask. Well, there you have it. So no more businesses. Uh, in, uh, uh, they can't require you to wear a mask. When you walk into a business, even though, as we just talked about, it's really up to them. In fact, when the city or the state or the government in D.C. Uh, says something or makes one of these recommendations, no one really has to follow it, right? Nobody does. They put signs up on the outside of the door. Well, this is a, 
a city. They don't use the word mandate. No. That they means- use the word recommendation. But if you recommend something to me, that I've got the right to uh, not, not, not be okay with it. It's a recommendation. It's a suggestion. It's not a mandate. But then when you walk in, it's a mandate. You have to do this. But which one is it? Now it's a recommendation. Now it's a recommendation. It was a mandate. Now it's a recommendation. So if I walk into West Elm Furniture, here's what we're going to do. When the show ends today, Christina and uh, Jay, uh, Justin, uh, one of you guys will come with me. We'll go to West Elm Furniture. It's on like 60-something in Broadway. You too, Frankie. And I'm not going to wear a mask. And when this putz at the bottom of the escalator yells at me, I'm going to say, well, wait a second. Governor Douchebag yesterday said, I don't have to wear a mask. It's a recommendation. And he's going to say, well, to be in our store, you have to wear a mask. And then I have two options. I can leave. I have three options. I can put a mask on. I can leave. Or I can punch him across the face. Well, I wouldn't punch him across All the right, face. All right, so let's exclude option C. Let's get rid of that. Okay. How about A or B? What do I do at that point? Well, I mean, he, if it's a privately owned business, then he can tell you to get out. No, he can't. The governor yeah, says, can. well, he can't. He can recommend that I... I uh, Wear a mask. Is that... I don't know. I think he can kick oh, you out. Let's talk to Luke Lograno. Luke, what? Uh, how do you feel about this? Well, no, I think he's got the right to kick you out, Sid. But he's uh, got the right to kick me out. But you're famous, so I don't know why he'd do that. Well, that's a good point too. But he wouldn't know that unless I wear a sign that says, "Hi, I'm Sid Rosenberg. I'm famous." Oh, that's not true. Yeah, nice haircut. Thank you. You going to Florida today? I sure am. Talking about masks, uh, and I travel quite a bit. Bernie doesn't want to travel because of the whole mask thing, and that's fine. Uh, I hate it. I hate sitting in the terminal wearing a mask. I hate sitting on an airplane wearing a mask. I did Hawaii twice, 11 hours uh, wearing a mask, but but it would never keep me home. I'm still going to travel. Uh, in fact, I'm going to London in a couple of weeks. But you're, uh, where are you going, to South Beach today? Where are you going? What part? I'm going to Cape Coral, Florida. I never, go- now, where is that exactly? That is about 30 minutes away from Fort Myers. That's all Guyam. There's no Jews there. Yeah, correct. It's, uh, it's yeah. as old as you can get, old, from what uh, I'm told. Well, St. Augustine is the oldest city, I think, in, uh, in the country. Really? That's in Florida. You ever wow. been? I've been there, yes. I, d- d- driving on the way down to Florida from New York, we've stopped there. Sounds lovely. Your mom and dad is there, the whole crew? Yeah, whole uh, whole of grandma family's down there right now, so I'm going to go. Uh, is this like an home. annual escape for you guys, for your family? This yeah, place? my parents go down for a couple months every year. They've been doing that for the last five years or oh, so. That's but nice. My aunt lives down there full time. My sister and her kids live down there full time. Oh, so nice. I'm going to go catch up with them. So you're not going to be here tomorrow? I will not be here tomorrow. So is Joe Nolan coming back to do traffic? No. I believe you're going to have uh, Frankie Diaz with an E, which is ridiculous. Uh, Thank he's you. Gonna, you're going to have him. And I trust him. So, so everybody in this place basically at this point has become a traffic person. Mike Garcia, you, Frankie Diaz, and six months ago you guys had no idea where the Belt Parkway was. I did. Uh, come on, you can't, you can't do that to me. Well, maybe you did, but you all became traffic experts. That's not true. I knew what the Belt Parkway was. I drive regularly. Yeah, but you didn't. But you never did traffic before, Frankie. Over- no, I mean I, I listened enough. I've I've listened to Joe Nolan for like twenty something years. So you think it's that easy? You just listen to somebody. I didn't. I didn't say that. Making it sound I, like I, it's I didn't, easy. I didn't say that. What about you, Mikey Garcia? You feel like you're a traffic king at this point? Uh, not so much. Not so as, much. As, not as much as. Not as much as I wanted to. Okay. All right. Well, everybody, it's uh, it's good to have you on the air. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing traffic or sports, uh, getting on the air is the key. And all of you want to be on-air stars, and only very few of you will be. So that's a fact. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Curtis Sliwa, Joe Tacopina, Bill O'Reilly, Lydia Reports, Beat Sid, all the news of the day, including... Tiki Barber, my good buddy, fires back at Stephen A. Smith. Sort of. Roger Goodell, that halftime show is still going, folks. 
Just like I told Bernie, Snoop Dogg will be there. He's going to be there. Crime in the city. we got that, uh, that statistic coming up as well and more from Washington, D.C. Bernie and Sid on a Thursday morning. Keep it right here. my tree She rides the night next to me She leads me to moonlight Only to burn me with the sun She's taking my heart She doesn't know what she's done She will bless in my face Can't look in her eyes She's out of my league Just a fool to believe I have any Patrick Swayze, the late, great Patrick Swayze from the movie Dancing in the Dark. Christina came in this morning. She's like, I had it going this morning, baby. Driving into New York City from New Jersey. I had the, the album from Dirty Dancing on in the car, and I heard this in Hungry Eyes, and... You were all pumped up when you got to work today. It was very exciting. Yeah, I don't know what got into me. I was like, I'm, it's, <laughs> a dirt, it's, it's a dirty dancing morning. Ah, oh, that's a great good movie. Song. That is good a great song. It's a great movie. That was the great Jerry Orbach, who, of course, was in the show Law and Order for many years. He played Baby's father, Baby played by Jennifer Grey. I tell you, I saw a Law and Order episode uh, talking about Jerry Orbach with Jennifer Grey about, I don't know, about a month ago. And I'm like, she looks familiar to me. Who is she? Then I was like, that's Jennifer Grey. I'm like, no, it's not. I guess she got a nose job and got some work done over the years. I didn't even recognize her as Baby from Dirty Dancing, but uh, it was her. And that was a great film. And don't forget, I spend uh, every summer, even now, up in the Catskill Mountains. My parents have a house, White Lake Homes, only six miles from Monticello. I spent my whole childhood uh, going from Bungalow Colony to Bungalow Colony until we bought this house in White Lake Homes going back about 30-plus years ago. So my whole life has been upstate New York, and that's exactly where Dirty Dancing took place, obviously. And I went to a lot of camps and did a lot of things that looked just like that. You know, the mothers and fathers by the pool and the kids hanging out by the casino, we called it. That's where they had the little cafeteria, the shows on Saturday night, bingo, all the all this stuff. We still do it. We still do it at my parents' house at White Lake Homes. And uh, that movie for me was very personal because it reminds me, and still is, of my father and growing up. So I love that movie. So when you said Dirty Dancing this morning, I couldn't help but play that uh, that song there, Patrick Swayze, who was a great actor and a great-looking guy. I mean, you talk about a macho, tough, strong, all those things that I pretend to be. That was Patrick Swayze. And that poor guy died. He weighed about 50 pounds. I mean, you talk about cancer just ravaged Patrick Swayze. That was... That was sad watching that. He was a very young guy when he died. He, it could have been 50. How old was uh, Swayze, Justin, when he passed away? Well, let's see. Mr. Internet should uh, be able to tell me. 57. 57. He got to, I, I thought he was younger than that. Okay, thank you very much. 57. Uh, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Now, we did do the Kathy Hochul announcement in the first segment today where she did say that she'll lift 
the mandates around businesses, but nothing about schools just yet. That's the one we really want to hear about. When can my kid stop wearing a mask? So this uh, Anthony Fauci, this war criminal Anthony Fauci, who should be put in jail today for the rest of his life. He really should. He, uh, he talked yesterday about kids and schools and masking. Here's what this moron had to say. Anthony Fauci, number 11. Well, certainly there will come a time, hopefully, rather than later, when we will be able to lift the mask mandate in general, including to schools. But oh. we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Why not? Why aren't we there yet? Give me the science that says we're not there yet. Give me uh, all these kids that are dying every day from COVID. Give me all these teachers that are dying every day from COVID. Give me all these principals that are dying every day from COVID. I'll tell you what. How about I give you stats, Fauci? Uh, I believe that 200 kids have died from COVID. And uh, the last I saw, 191 of those 200 kids had some undetected comorbidity, which says basically that kids just don't die. So I've got statistics that I can use to back my argument up. What have you got, Anthony? What have you got? You got nothing. You got nothing. What do you mean we're not there yet? When are we going to get there? When does that time come, Justin? When does it come? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't well, have listen, an answer that, for that's, a, that's exactly the answer I wanted. You know why? Because that's what Anthony Fauci would say. I don't know. But wait a second. Based on the science, right? Kids aren't dying. Kids aren't getting sick for the most part. So why aren't we there now? I don't know. When are we going to get there? I don't know. I mean, your kid, Lorenzo, four years old, still wearing a mask. Your other son, six years old, still wearing a mask. They don't know what life is like without wearing a mask, but wait till they find out what it is like. I've got to tell you, when they find out about that, they're going to start to come to the realization just how brutal these last two years have been. It's, it's, it makes me, you know what, it makes me so mad thinking about that these poor kids, because I have an app, my kids go to uh, – well, my younger son goes to private school, so there's an app where they send us pictures all day long of them doing their work. To see an entire class full of four-year-olds, and you cannot see their face, they're all wearing these masks. Yeah. And listen, they're socially distanced. There's like four of them at a table, and they're still wearing these masks. It's It makes me sad, but it also makes me really mad, and, I, and I'm sure everyone will agree with this, that this phony Fauci, this one doctor... That we all, and I'll be honest, in the, at, in the beginning of the pandemic, I listened to him every day. Oh, so I watched I. the news. We hung on his every word. We, we actually, Bernie and I had him on the show, and we were yelling and screaming, hey, look how important we are, Bernie and Sid. We've got Anthony Fauci on mm-hmm. the show. And, of course, he was out there every day at 5 o'clock alongside Dr. Burks and Mike Pence and Donald Trump, and he was the guy that we trusted, and yeah. he screwed us. One, one doctor had, we let one doctor decide and dictate how we lived our lives and yeah. if we saw our family members. And it, it's just looking back hindsight, right? It's so frustrating to think yeah. that he had this much power. And we and we hung on his every word and listened to everything he said. Yeah, looking back now, it was a mistake. <laughs> Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl 56. Joe Burrow and the Bengals taking on Matthew Stafford and the Rams. We're now just three days away from the big game. Everybody's talking about it. Bill O'Reilly, his column is about the music and the halftime show. I know Bo Snurdly was talking about it yesterday, too. They're not talking about the game, of course. They're talking about everything in and around the game. Roger Goodell, Brian Flores, 
all these controversies now about racism all over the National Football League, the Giants, the Dolphins, the Broncos, Stephen Ross, all these things being talked about. And uh, unless you watch ESPN or the NFL Network or one of these really crappy sports channels, very few people are talking about the game. (laughs) Very few. It's about all the stuff going on around the NFL, which does uh, kind of mirror what's going on in society today. So with that said, traffic and sports are coming up next. But right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. And it is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, weekdays at 4 p.m., Saturdays at 8 a.m. Here Bo gives his reasons for not supporting the National Football League. I don't even watch sports anymore. Let me just be honest with you. I think all this kneeling down anti-American rhetoric has just turned me sour from sports. I am so tired of these overpriced athletes spouting off with things they know nothing about. Most, some of them that are the biggest loudmouths can't put together five oh, sentences to make a paragraph because right. they never really excelled. They don't know American history, and they just go on and on parroting anti-American things, and they make me sick. Here you are, living the American dream, trashing American. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. What is it, Justin? What's he's, the just about? Trying to, he's just trying no, to he's do his job. Looks the best. Looks the best. I love Sabotaging him. his traffic. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. You're I'm out of sorry. control. I'll talk to him on my sports report like, then. He, well, no. It's like yesterday when you came up behind me, stuck your whole hand in my oh, mouth. Oh, my God. That was so bad. I know. I know. Uh, Frank Morano makes a very good point here. It would be nice if you got to select which program the clip of the day emanates from. I agree with that. We let's should talk uh, about that. Yeah, start a movement. It's our show. It's my show, me and Bernie. Uh, why does somebody tell me what to play? Maybe, maybe I want to play some Frank Morano this morning. Okay. He's got original thoughts. So we'll bring that up in the post-show meeting today. Remind me that? later, okay? I'll remind you. All right, thank you. The okay. Islanders won last night. They beat the Canucks 6-3 to three back from the All-Star break. Way to go, Islanders. They're now at 17-17-6 and six overall. Good enough for 11th place inside the Eastern Conference. The Rangers are back at it Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden, taking on the Boston Bruins. I got an invite from Pete Morgan to go to that game, which I'm going to go to. Uh, did the Knicks play last night? No, just read the paper. Yeah. No. It was just the Islanders. <laughs> the Islanders were the only local see, team. Taking a, you just took a shot at me right yeah, there. Yeah, see? see <laughs> we're, we're going back and forth here, big fella. <laughs> Rams and Bengals coming up on Sunday. We'll hear from both coaches this morning. Let's start with the Rams' Sean McVay seeing how they want to match things up on the back end. But I also think it's a great vote of confidence for Lou and his adaptability throughout the course of the game for them to play the way that they have, particularly in the second halves. But the timely turnovers, playing really well in the situations, tightening up in the tight red area, those are all big reasons why their defense has done a great job of helping them reach this point, and that's why they're AFC champs. And here is the head coach of those AFC champs, the Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor. There's so many people in this league at this point you know, 10 years in that are always on the sidelines across from you. And that's just part of the game. There's no added, oh, I want to beat this guy. No, it's the Bengals playing the Rams. Our team wants to beat their team. It really has nothing to do with the relationships on the other side of the ball or across the other sidelines. Um, this is more just about us trying to win this football game. Talking about the NBA, though, trades, it looks like both of the guys the Knicks acquired, Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, both on the market today. And don't be surprised if the Nets deal Jimmy Harden to Philadelphia before the end of the day as well. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out, PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid.
Thursday morning, big Thursday show, Curtis Sliwa, Joe Tacopina, Bill O'Reilly, just to uh, name a few. Had some fun with the cast. Bernard is out. Bernie is back at Sloan Kettering, receiving more chemotherapy, round two or five rounds. I did read you the text he sent me last night at 10.43 p.m., and uh, it's not easy. Seemed to be having a tough time last night, but did send I love you, I miss you with a bunch of emojis as we do together, and he'll be back on Monday. And um, hopefully this... um, this is going to work, you know. He seems to be in pretty good spirits. Uh, we are confident he's going to be okay. Uh, but we move on until he gets back with the help of the rest of the cast. Christina, Justin, Luke, Mike, Frankie, Deb, the whole crew. We spent a lot of time discussing Kathy Hochul lifting the business mask mandate yesterday. We've had some fun, too. Some Super Bowl conversations, some other things along the way. But uh, talking about Super Bowl conversations, again, a lot of nasty stuff surrounding the NFL the last couple of weeks, starting with Brian Flores, who was fired by my friend Stephen Ross down in Miami as he Dolphin head coach. Brian has Brooklyn roots. He went to Poly Prep just like I did. Um, but he, um, he went just nuts and just started suing everybody. He sued the Denver Broncos. He said their team president, John Elway, showed up a couple of years ago for an interview, disheveled and not ready to work. He sued the Dolphins. He sued the football giants for taking him out to dinner, even after they already hired a white coach. And he just feels like the NFL has this Rooney rule in place, but doesn't really respect it. And he feels like he's been discriminated against because he's black, even though he just spent the last three years as the head coach of the Dolphins with zero, a winning record, but zero playoff appearances. Right. You could venture to say that he lost a job because uh, he's not a good football coach. I mean, you can say that. His players say he is. It's not his fault that Tua has not turned out to be the quarterback out of Alabama we thought he was going to be. It's not like the Dolphins have a ton of talent. And I think Brian Flores can coach, and he does know the NFL. But he's acting like a complete jerk-off. You know, he won three years. He didn't win any uh, play- didn't get to the playoffs. So, you know, take your chances. Try it again. People like them. He would have gotten other opportunities. Now he's dead. Now he just pulled that whole thing up. But um, I guess racism now has once again come to the forefront. We're so sick and tired of it. Colin Kaepernick started this nonsense years and years ago by kneeling during the national anthem, which no American, no decent American is okay with. None. None of them. And uh, now we've had countless examples of other guys and racist uh, remarks, mainly coming from white people, like Roger Goodell, the commissioner, in an effort to protect African Americans. He comes off as the biggest racist of all. How ironic is that? Here is NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell talking about racism. We don't tolerate that in the National Football League. No, 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 no. It was Roger Goodell. We want to see um, black head coaches in the NFL and coaches of of, of people of color. Why? uh, And eventually gender. Why? uh, That we think is all important. So it's an inclusive process and hopefully an inclusive 
outcome. We won't tolerate racism. We won't tolerate discrimination. If there are policies that we need to modify, we're going to do that. Uh, we will absolutely do it. If we've seen evidence of discrimination, we will deal with that in a very serious way. See, I'm okay with that. If you see evidence of discrimination, you should deal with it in a very serious way. I'm okay with that. But going back to the first couple of comments during the piece you just played, we want to see black coaches. Why? What do I care? We want to see guys who can do the job. You can tell me Tony Dungy was a better coach than Vince Lombardi. He wasn't. I got news for you. And Tony Dungy won a Super Bowl, mind you, with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Was he a better coach than Tom Landry? No. You can tell me Lovey Smith is a better coach than Bill Parcells? Really? You want to try that one? I mean, guys, give me a break. On gender, what do I care if women coaches or not? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of women. I don't. I'm sorry. This is not chauvinistic. It's not misogynistic. I don't know a lot of women that have rushed for 2,000 yards in college football or the National Football League. I don't know a lot of women that can boast four sacks against Michael Vick on any given Sunday. I don't know. Does that mean they don't know the game? Of course not. Of course not. But what do I care whether you're black or women or if you know the game and if if the team wants to hire you, God bless you. But this idea that the NFL wants and may in fact mandate above and beyond the Rooney Rule teams to hire certain folks based on race or gender is so disgusting and exactly what's wrong with this country today. It's not about merit anymore. It's what you're born with and what you look like. And sports, that should be the last place, the last place. We've got a vice president right now that is in one of the most important roles in our country, and she's there because she's black. That's it. She didn't do a very good job in California when she had a major role. And really, she got that job, we know this already, by banging Willie Brown, the mayor of San Francisco. Now, look, God bless her. I don't care. I don't care. She's not the first woman and or the first man to actually have sex with somebody to improve their work situation. She's not. I got news for you. I don't recommend it for my daughter, (laughs) but she's not the first. And if she got there and did a great job, all the power to her. But she sucks. And she's got that job because she's black. We're not tired of this yet? No, no, listen. Keyshawn Chul, the police commissioner here in New York, she's got the job because she's black and she's a woman. Eric Adams made it very, very clear. I've got five candidates. They're all women. And unlike Kamala Harris, Chul is great. I mean great. I sat there at Jason Rivera's funeral, and I watched this lady, and I was in awe. I swear to God, in awe. And I heard Peter King say nice things about her and Laura Curran and a host of others. I've seen it now with my own eyes. She is amazing. So sometimes it works out. But most of the time, i got to tell you, it doesn't. When you hire somebody based on anything but their history of performance, most of the time it does not work out. It just doesn't. So Stephen A. Smith, (laughs) we got uh, history, me and Stephen A. Many, many years ago, I said to Stephen A. one time on my radio show down in Miami, I said, you realize, Stephen, that the only reason why the National Football League is so popular today is because of gambling. And he said, now, wait a minute. He wanted to tell me that he loves the game. He doesn't gamble on the game. Don't you love when people do that? They give you their opinion as if that represents the masses. I said, Stephen, God bless you. Maybe that's true for you. You are in the minority. You understand that? Long story short, I ripped him 
And he got mad at me, and we didn't talk for years. Years. Horrible. That's right. And then I saw him at a fight in Las Vegas, and he walked up to me, I swear to God, unprovoked, and he said, I'm sorry. And I said, no, nah, it's all good. You know, in the meantime, I couldn't stand him. No, nah, it's all good. Why are you sorry? Well, you were right. You're 100% right. The NFL has amassed this huge popularity because of gambling. That's why people buy the DirecTV ticket. Because if you're a Giant fan living in New York, why do you care about the Raiders and the Chargers playing at 4 o'clock? Why? Because you got 10 dimes on the Raiders. Or your quarterback is on your fantasy team. That's why you care. And people bet a ton of money on the National Football League, and that's why it's, it's as popular as it is. So he, he admitted he was wrong. And uh, ever since then, we were okay, Stephen A. and I. But every now and then, he says something. And I say to Bernie all the time, I go, listen to this guy. This guy absolutely says things that are racist. In defending black people, he says things that are racist. Bernie's like, ah, I don't know. Now Bernie's starting to come around. You notice lately that on a lot of things, Bernie is starting to come around. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. He's talking to me about a lot over the years. Now he's like, <laughs> you know, outside of him getting Trump right over Hillary, I think uh, ever since then, he's coming around on a lot of things I've said over the years. You're very persuasive. I'm annoying is what I am. Yes. Yeah. So Stephen A. Smith, even I could admit it, Stephen A. Smith comes out, and he's like agreeing with Brian Flores, this mental midget. And then uh, Tiki Barber, who's a very good friend of mine, Tiki and I have been friends for over 20 years. We had the same agent for many years, Mark Lebselter. And when Tiki went through all of his garbage and nonsense with Tracy and, and all the New York Post killing him and everybody in New York killing him, I defended Tiki Barber time and time again on WFAN. And we've had a nice relationship for the last 20 years. Now it turns out he's on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And, in fact, in that uh, softball game I played last summer, he actually made a diving play at shortstop, a, an incredible diving play at shortstop to end the game and ensure that our team won, which was fun. But um, anyway, long story short, Stephen A. Smith uh, comes out and he calls out Tiki, uh, basically calling Tiki and Uncle Tom, right? I mean, basically. I mean, Tiki, weren't you more angry? Everybody knows this is about race and Blind Flores is right. Tiki's like, no. The Giants are not a racist organization. I played for that team. I know the Maras. They're not a racist organization. They're just not. So this back and forth has been going on between Stephen A. Smith at ESPN and Tiki Barber, now the midday host alongside Brandon Tierney at WFAN. And uh, Tiki actually fired back, sort of, at Stephen A. yesterday, and it sounded like this. So everybody is talking about this Stephen A. conversation that he had at the end of one of his segments yesterday and you know you know me well. It is not worth my emotional energy to get bent out of shape about something that I have no control over. I have much respect for Stephen A. Spence. He is the prominent, the prominent black journalist in sports right now. So if he felt affronted by a conversation that I was having that wasn't actually about him, it was about how we've used and hijacked racism to make excuses for failing diversity initiatives, then I apologize to Stephen A. Smith. People getting stuck in traffic! But, with that being said, he is the prominent black journalist on a major network, and threatening another black man is not what this country should be about. Mm-hmm. Period. Let's wait a damn second here! There you go, Tiki Barber. He's the prominent black journalist, and he is. I think Stephen A. makes about $10 million a year now, which is... That's criminal in itself. 
Now, I don't care if you're black or white. I don't care what color you are. $10 million to talk about sports is a joke. An absolute joke. And I should have gotten that money because I'm better than Stephen A. And so if I come to a place of jealousy, you bet your ass I'm jealous. But uh, Tiki Barber says, come on, man. Come on. Let's stop with the racism as an excuse. Let's stop. Black guy attacking a black guy. We don't want to hear that. Tiki is a much smarter guy than Stephen A. I think Stephen A went to Temple and Tiki went to Virginia. I don't think Stephen A is, is that smart of a guy. He's not that smart he of a guy. He's very loud and boisterous. Correct. And makes these hot takes, and that's why but they pay him $10 but million. But they're so stupid, these hot takes. I agree. Like he, he said yesterday, and again, this is inside baseball for our listeners who are into sports, like this is a must win for Matthew Stafford, the quarterback for the Rams. What are you talking about? He's played for 14 years. He spent 12 years in Detroit on, like, the worst football team in the history of mankind. He took this team to the Super Bowl in his first year in Los Angeles. What do you mean? If he loses the game, so what? And he makes it sound like every stupid thing is life or death. And what, what championship game isn't a must-win? <laughs> like, obviously. Right, obviously, right. But I guess he was trying to make the point that his legacy is going to be tarnished. Come on, Stephen A. He's out of Philadelphia. That's where you're from, so. Yeah, well, listen, he doesn't speak for all uh, Philadelphians. Yeah. Philadelphia people tend to be loudmouths because they're, uh, well, they're like the redheaded stepchild of New Yorkers. So they tend to be louder in an effort to be like us, like Boston people. But you're never going to be like us. Well, I'm not technically a Philadelphia. Like, I wasn't born in, or but, raised well, what, in what Philadelphia. What is this love you have for Philadelphia? <clears throat> My dad grew up right outside Philly in Bala Kinwood. Okay. So he was a diehard Eagles fan, raised me. Like, as so. Just Eagles or Phillies? Just Eagles. 76ers? I mean, he was, he was a, a fan across the board, but right, he really right. only res- continued to resonate into his adulthood with the Eagles. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the Ellick family tree, the history behind their Philadelphia love. And that is a good piece of, of audio this morning from Tiki Barber. And that was a very good hour number one. We covered a whole bunch of really good stuff. Now we got two great guests coming your way next hour. And a great guest coming your way in the 8 o'clock hour. So, 1-800-848-WABC. That's the number, as always. 1-800-848-9222. Off to a great start on this Thursday morning. And only one quarter of the way through. Keep it right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Smashing Pumpkins. Folks, go to WABCRadio.com right now. Register for your chance to win a WABC Barry House coffee mug. Barry House Coffee, proud to be the official sponsor of us. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Register now and good luck. You know, I called uh, Rosanna Scotto last night. 
my good friend from uh, Channel 5. I love Rosanna. And I'm going to make my, um, my virgin appearance, me and Danielle, Saturday night at her restaurant. We're going to celebrate Valentine's Day with Rosanna and her husband, actually. Looking forward to that. And I invite her on the show tomorrow. And uh, she wants to come on, but she's got she's to check with the uh, people at Channel 5. I guess that's Lulioni. I don't know. But in the old days, like Sookie and Jen Lammers, they used to come on all the time. I don't even think they asked permission. But Rosanna, of course, is a big, 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 big star. It's a little different. But she may come on tomorrow. And then, of course, I'll give you my, my – uh, I'm late to the party. I understand <laughs> that restaurant's been around for a while, and people have been going there for a long time. But I make my, uh, my first visit Saturday, and I'll give you Mike with tea coming up on Monday. And then I think in two weeks I'm going to go back with Margaret Josephs and Joe Beningo from the Real Housewives. So we'll see Rosanna Scotto maybe tomorrow. Next hour, Curtis Sliwa, Joseph Takapina on this, the kick-ass Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning. Today, I'm actually wearing uh, his uh, brown tweed jacket and his, this is a um, linen white button-down shirt. I'm wearing his green pants, too, on his shoes, and at the risk of sounding really arrogant, I look great. So thank you to Joseph this morning. Anyway, it is uh, 7.05. That was Sting, one of my favorite, favorite artists of all time. Talking about favorites, this first guest today is a favorite. He ran for mayor. He should have won. He should have won because he was the guy that was saying all the right things, a man of conviction, a man that has spent the better part of four decades protecting New Yorkers, not somebody looking to appease both sides like Eric Adams. And on top of that, as much as I brag about myself on radio, some of that's just shtick, this guy really is a legend in this business. And he does a great job weekends here at WABC. For some reason, live this morning from the great state of Florida, here he is, my friend Curtis Sliwa. Good morning, Curtis. How are you, buddy? Mer- Bernie and Sid, this is God's country. I may never come back. I may never come back. Oh, my God, there's freedom. No masks. Yeah. People moving around. Former New Yorkers, former New Jersey, Connecticut residents, they've all flocked down here. Bernie, I may never come back. Yeah, you've called me Bernie twice. That's odd. We know each other for about 25 years. That's okay. Bernie's out today. He's at the hospital. But that's, but I tell you what, Curtis, what's funny is you would join me on my Miami radio shows when I was down there, and you would make fun of me. You're like, oh, look at you, hanging out with the Alta Cockers, going for dinner at 4.30 in the afternoon. When are you coming back to a real city? And now today you're telling me I should go back to Florida. Which one is it? Sid, you are so right. Uh, Mayor Copa, Mayor Copa, Mayor Maxima Copa, forgive me, 
This, I, I tell you, i never seen so many New Yorkers, folks from Jersey and Connecticut in my life, who are brand new to coming down here. They have fled the city. They have fled the surrounding areas. And because the quality of life is so good down here, it's DeSantis land. You don't have all the craziness of what's going on with Holcomb. And I call it Holcomb because that means nonsense with Adams flip-flopping all over the place. It's a good quality of life. And people, they're staying here. They're not just coming down here briefly. They're staying here. And I've been traveling all the good parts, the bad parts, the places that I love to be, like Riviera Beach, Avenue West with the Guardian Angels, thumping those thugs, parts of West Palm Beach, Lake Worth. But I'm also here in Palm Beach. I'll be uh, uh, tonight, I'll be over in Hollywood, you know, with the Canadians and the Puerto Ricans. I, I just I'm stayed doing a whole tour. Yeah, I just stayed in Hollywood a couple of weeks ago. I stayed at the gorgeous Diplomat Hotel. In fact, the Michigan football team was staying there before their game against Georgia and Riviera Beach. You know, of course, that uh, the folks that have followed me throughout my career, we refer to them as citizens, S-I-D citizens. And the guy that dubbed that, Gabriel Sori, is a longtime sit man who lives in Riviera Beach. I used to work there in Palm Beach about uh, four miles away. So I know all those areas very, very well. It is gorgeous. There's no doubt about it. Even the bad areas, Curtis, in Florida are nice compared to some of the better areas here in New York. But, but. You are coming home eventually. You're still a New Yorker. And I got to tell you, Curtis, 40 days in since this guy beat you, I can't imagine anyone who's going to be rational and fair saying the right guy won because nothing has changed. In fact, Curtis, it's gotten worse. Yes, it has. And uh, as I sat with Rudy Giuliani yesterday, we, I did a half hour of his broadcast from his bathroom, his bacow. <laughs> his bathroom Sid. It's bigger than my apartment on the Upper West Side with my 16 cats. And, and he was looking at me, and he said, Curtis, even I didn't think it would get this bad. Wow. These first five weeks are worse than any five weeks of the eight, week, uh, eight years of de Blasio, and it's just getting worse and worse. And all you had is a mayor the other day who was putting on a cooking show and talking about whether he eats fish or not eat yeah, I saw you know that. what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring him back uh, a dead fish right here from the Atlantic Ocean wrapped in the Miami Herald. What do you think about that, shit? I love it. I did. I saw Eric Adame, who does the weather on New York One, trying to make the quote-unquote mayor's chili as uh, people are getting bashed over the face and killed in the streets right outside my studios. I couldn't believe that either. But, hey, listen, uh, he's starting to say some things now that people want to hear. He was very angry yesterday about bail reform, and he wants to change that. Alvin Bragg, although he's lying, he's seemingly doing a 180. So they may all be phonies. I think they are all phonies, every one of them. But they're starting to say things now, Curtis, to try to appease people like me and you who are very angry. Do you think there's any... Any real credibility behind that, or are they complete phonies? Come on, Sid. Eric Adams advertised himself as a law and order candidate. You remember he said from day one, uh, we're going to get stuff done. Everything is centered around public safety. What have you been doing for five weeks for running around having press conferences in your Ferragamos and your customized suits? And by the way, who's paying for that? You couldn't afford that on a Brooklyn Borough president's salary. But the bottom line is, you gotta get results. Nowadays, people they go into their CVS or Dwayne Reed, they get their swag bag. They call it the Alvin Bragg swag bag, <laughs> and they go up and down through the aisles 
and they're just looting and they're shoplifting. And look it, even Al Slim Shady Sharpton said yesterday, Eric, I can't get my toothpaste right. in Dwayne Reed because right. it's all locked up. Yeah. Now, when Al Slim Shady Sharpton starts complaining about crime, you better do something, Eric, and knock it off with the fish. Oh, I'm a vegan. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Who the hell cares what the hell you are? Right. You're supposed to be the law and order mayor. Instead, you've been less law and all disorder, and it's got to stop. Curtis Sliwa, live from the state of Florida this morning. You know, racism, that word is a word we hear every day on WABC because it's all over the place, whether it's what's going on in New York City. The Super Bowl comes our way on Sunday, and and now Roger Goodell is talking racism inside the National Football League. And I have to tell you, Curtis, that one night way back when, February of 2016, when I first got back to New York, I wasn't even here a month yet, and you took me on the trains with your guardian angel folks to the worst parts of Brooklyn. In fact, I remember seeing your mom, God rest her soul, at the end of that night. What a sweet lady. And I have to tell you that what really, uh, what, what I remember most about that night was all the black people that came up to you in the trains and hugged you and kissed you and thanked you for protecting their neighborhoods. I remember telling Bernie the next day, what racism? All I saw were black people thanking Curtis Sliwa for protecting them for all these decades. So my question to you is very simple. Are we as racist as the media and these folks depict us to be, or is that completely overblown? Overblown, and in fact, uh, if you remember, all during the campaign, Eric Adams called me a racist. Yes. You can call me a lot of things, Sid. You can't call me a racist. But the best thing was, come on, the best thing was, I need my brother Bernard to run my security detail because uh, I'm threatened by white supremacists. So you know what I did? (laughs) Because I tried to make amends with this mayor who called me a racist. I went to Bed Bath & Beyond, which was having a white sheet sale. I stood there a whole week in the aisles yeah. looking for white supremacists in New York. And you know what I came up with, uh, uh, Sid? Ugats. Ugats. Bumpkis, yep. Nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, people do say to me, though, look, we understand, Sid, while you go on the air and and you bash Eric Adams. But the truth is, is that there is a personal vendetta there because Eric Adams refused to come on your radio show. And I've admitted, I've admitted that I am angry about that, that you cannot be the mayor of this city and, and, and fight for this city and be scared of Sid Rosenberg. You just can't do it. And in your respect, it's kind of the same thing. You're critical of Eric Adams, but he beat you in the race for mayor. So people say, well, Sid and Curtis, they come from a place of butt hurt. So therefore, what they say is probably a, a bit overdramatic. What do you think about that? Ha! Look at the crime stats. Look, every precinct in the city, except for Central Park. You and I said we'd be safe in a little sliver of Central Park. The crime has skyrocketed. Uh, skyrocketed. Are we out of our minds? Eric Adams has had five weeks to do something, show some results in terms of preventing crime. He's done nothing but styling and profiling. Stop the press conferences. Stop the cooking shows. Get out there. Motivate your cops because, Sid, I'm telling you, the cops are not motivated. Every time he goes out there, he says, well, none of you should live in the suburbs. You should live in the city. By the way, when I was at the 103rd Precinct as a kid, I got the bejeebers beaten out of me. If I hear that story one more time, I'm going to say to myself, (laughs) hey, you know why? You got arrested, you and your brother. 
for breaking into a stripper prostitute's house and robbing her. Wow. Tell the real story and stop this down, Slow down a second. When you said my brother Bernard earlier, I think listeners probably thought you were talking about my co-host Bernard. But for folks that don't know, Eric Adams' brother, his name is actually Bernard, and he did try to hire him based on this nonsense to protect him from white supremacists. But what did you just say, a story about a prostitute? Give me the details on that. Yeah, remember for years he would tell this story, the narrative, when he was first running, that he had got arrested, brought to the 103rd Precinct, and beaten up in the basement by two white cops to the point that he was bleeding, and then he went to Spotford for a day. And I said to myself, now wait a second. Uh, What, 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 did they just pick him up because they wanted to beat up two uh, young black men? Of course not. What he had done was he had been delivering, this is his story now, Sid, and you're a street guy, uh, he said he was bringing groceries to a stripper slash hooker who had broken her leg, and then she didn't want to pay him. So he and his brother figured, wait a second, she won't pay us? We'll break into her apartment when she's on the pole at the strip club, and we'll rob her for the money that we're owed. That's why he got arrested with his brother. That's why he got taken to the 103rd Precinct. Said, I never believed that story. I'm a street smart guy. You're a street smart guy. Stop this narrative where you keep bashing the cops. Motivate them. Elevate them so they can go and do the job that they were sworn into duty to do. They need to be motivated. I've never seen their morale so low. And that's the number one thing that Eric Adams and his police commissioner have to do. Let them know your cops. We're taking the handcuffs off of you. Go put them on the criminals. We got your backs. They're not saying that. That story you just said, you know, there's been a lot of talk that uh, Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly is the other host on this station. He's like me. Uh, me and Greg Kelly bash Eric Adams all day long. Greg's goes back to his father, the courageous and heroic Ray Kelly, when he was the commissioner for the NYPD. And uh, Eric Adams called him a racist. He's called Woody Giuliani a racist. He's called you a racist. That's what Eric Adams does. But there was a story about that, the whole prostitution thing. And there are folks that at least have said over the last couple of weeks that Greg Kelly has a whopper, a big story about Eric Adams, which he has not revealed just yet. Something tells me you just revealed it. (laughs) And that story, uh, was there a personal relationship between Adams and this prostitute, at least according to to this story and those sources, it was just, what was the relationship between him and this prostitute? Come on, you know he was uh, snacking on the side. He was getting free treats, and it wasn't Fruit Loops uh, or anything like that. That's what you do. You're a clocker. You're a steerer. You get the Johns to go into somebody's house as they service them, and then you expect to be remunerated with some money. Now, I don't know what kind of a deal him and his brother had with the stripper slash hooker that he has finally acknowledged this story about. But remember, the narrative always changes with Eric Adams. He says, I'm the imperfect, not perfect Eric Adams. (laughs) You're damn right about that. Forget all these stories. Forget the narrative. Just go out there and make our city safe again. Because I'm thinking right now, like so many other New Yorkers, those from Jersey and Connecticut, I'm staying here in Florida. It's God's country. <laughs> it's funny. freedom. It's what? freedom. Land. I know. I, when are you supposed to come back if you do come back? No, I'm coming back Friday night because I got to do the weekend schedule where it's all Curtis all the time. I have the Lunar New Year's Parade in Chinatown because, as you know, we've been patrolling Chinatown to save the Asians who have been attacked 
368% increase, 360% increase of attacks on your peeps, the Jewish people. Yep. And then Sunday, Sid, it's our 43rd anniversary wow. of the Guardian Angels. February wow. 13th, 1979, I started that. Dating all the way back to that McDonald's up in the Bronx, yes? Yes, and that's why I'm visiting the Guardian Angels down in Fort Lauderdale. Miami, Liberty City, Overtown. Yep. Oh, I'm doing it up with the homies down here <laughs> as they put their AK-47s in the air like they just don't care. I know those uh, areas very, very well, working down in Miami for the better part of 11 years. Anyway, Curtis, this was one of your best appearances ever, so thank you so much for calling in. Enjoy the rest of your time in sunny, beautiful South Florida. I'll see you this weekend, pal. Thank you so much. And please, I apologize to you for making fun of you for being down in Florida. All our people are down here, Sid. All of our people are down here. Oh, you used to break my balls. Thank you, Curtis. He would call in, and he'd be like, oh, look at you with the Arthur Conquerors. When are you coming back? I said, when you get me back. And who knew, as I was saying that, that Curtis Sleeper was in Chad Lopez's office saying, hey, don't be stupid. Bring Sid back. And as he told you a couple of weeks ago, Chad Lopez showed some courage, a lot of courage, and did what a lot of program directors wanted to do but wouldn't do it. And he brought me back, and they have been reaping the dividends ever since. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That was an amazing appearance by Curtis Lee. We'll still to come later on this hour, live from Milan, Italy, famed defense attorney Joe Tacopina after the Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And the man himself, Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840 this morning, right here on the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I am thinking about a new Pew study that says 7 out of 10 Americans, 70%, live paycheck to paycheck. That means these people, our co-citizens, have no money at all in reserve. Now, I do not believe the Pew survey, even though that organization is reliable. I think the number is about 50%. So, if you are one of those living paycheck to paycheck, you have big trouble. What Americans don't understand collectively is that money buys freedom. If you have money in the bank, you have more options. You can do more things. If bad things happen to you, you can buy some protection. If you have no money in the bank, you are at the mercy of your employer. The job might be terrible, but what can you do? You're living paycheck to paycheck. You don't want to get yourself in that corner. The tragedy here is that American public schools do not teach children about money, what it really is. Again, money provides protection. Save as much as you can. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on.
used to have this uh, girl, but her name was Monica Grossman. You can leave a song playing. And um, she broke up with me. I was like 14. And this song was, uh, I believe, it, it set a record. It was number one for like a thousand weeks from the great album Synchronicity by Police. This is Police, Every Breath We Take. broke up with me and I sat in my den and played this song about a thousand times. My father said, son, you got to get back on that horse. And I said, dad, what does that mean? <laughs> I swear to God. That's like when I, uh, in high school, I got caught cheating on my girlfriend. Yeah. I wasn't really cheating. We were both going to college and we went to college. And then two weeks later, she left early because she was going to school out on the West Coast. Yeah. And I slept with some other chick in our grade. Oh my God. You totally, filthy animal. Yeah. Totally got caught. And then, uh. And then literally that day, I'm like bawling. I'm like to my dad, I'm like, I got to get on a plane out to California. (laughs) You got to get me to Santa Barbara. And he's like, bro, get over it. Right. That's pretty much the same thing. Right. Except what I did, you know, she broke up with me. You're a filthy scumbag. What you did was awful. Yeah, you're a bad guy, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really. (laughs) Did you have a song that you were playing the whole time? Like, uh, Like this, every breath you take that reminds you of that certain situation? No, um, you have to be honest, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even feel bad. Okay, great. Well, you're, uh, you're a psychopath, and usually sociopaths don't feel badly. I, uh, I always identify uh, things in life with music and uh, movies, and <laughs> you know that, Christina. Uh, often I'll send like a movie clip of like the me more and Rob Lowe crying in the rain, or I love the scene in the movie Say Anything with John Cusack, when he's standing outside Ioni Sky's house with the boombox playing Peter Gabriel in your eyes, or when she shows up at the uh, the kickboxing place and he gets knocked out, and she says, "I love you, I need you," and he's like, "Do you need me, or do you just need someone?" And she goes, "I need you." Things like that they they tend to um, they tend to play a role in my life. That's I don't know why that is. That's that's the uh, the chick in me. I got a lot of chick in me. As you can tell, I play yeah. bread. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I think that actually makes you more of a man than guys that uh, tend to, oh, no, not me. You're going to catch me watching a movie like that. I got you know, I, I only watch, you know, like uh, Wesley Snipes and Bruce Willis. I mean, the biggest fight for a long time. We've gotten a bigger fight since. But early in our marriage, one of the biggest fights that Danielle and I had was I wanted to see Sleepless in Seattle which I loved, one of my favorite movies of all time, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And she wanted to see uh, this movie with Bruce Willis. He starts off the movie, he's like shooting people on a football field. It was ridiculous. Oh, no, it was Demolition Man. That's what it was. She wanted Demolition Man, and I, it was Stallone and, uh, and Wesley Snipes. And I wanted Sleepers in Seattle. And she said, who is the woman and who's the man in this relationship? I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you've got a vagina, so I guess you're the woman, but... And you're beautiful. But um, I want Sleepless in Seattle. And she yelled at me and walked out of the theater. It's a great movie, though, Sleepless It was a great movie, but that's, that's been an ongoing thing with us for 30 years. Like, I'll be in the car. I'll be, I want Neil Diamond. I want Barbara Streisand. I want Barry Manilow. I want Bread. And she's like, you know, she's playing, you know, Run DMC. And um, who, who's that group that Jim Brewer loves? Um, you know, the guy ACDC, you know. That's the thing with me and Danielle. Like, she's really the male... She's a gorgeous girl, but she's the guy and I'm the chick. And she likes those types of movies, and I like the ones that I like. Well, I just pictured something in my head that I shouldn't have pictured then. Like what? 
I can't say it. Oh, my God. Don't say it. I'm not going to. Will you tell me at the break? Sure. God, you are so deviant, it's incredibly sexy. I've got like a little dirty mind. Yeah, you do. You do. And I've come to figure that out. I'm, I, I'm knowing you more and more every day. You know, the, 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 the uh, I don't know, the, the Justin Alec, you show at this station, you know, with the hat and the sweatpants and kind of laid back and all that. That's not really you. I'm no. starting to see a very, very dark side. Yeah. That does exist, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot racking around in this brain of mine. <laughs> I think so. Sister Christian overtime has come. Think of Monkey Mark, right? In that great movie, Boogie Nights. Guys throwing the firecrackers all over the place, stealing drugs. Crazy scene. Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Back to my good old days. Days when uh, Takapina and I were hanging out. Third Avenue. 7.43 on your Wednesday morning. Been a great show. Bernie is not here. He'll be back on Monday. He's going through round two of chemotherapy. We uh, talked a couple of times yesterday. But the cast has done a great job in Bernie's stead today. And I thought Curtis Sliwa was really good at 7.05. He's in Florida. Now we go to Milan, Italy, <laughs> where uh, my dear friend, the great famed defense attorney, Joe Tacopina, is joining us from this morning. Joseph, ciao. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Yeah. Could, I, could I pick my intro music from now on? Absolutely I mean, not. Never. Uh, no. So 80s. Like, that's like a well, I'm essential. stuck in the 80s. What do you want me to tell you? What are we going to go to? Go to Test King and buy outfits together now? Well, that's fine. If I, gave, if I gave you the choice, what would you pick this morning? Give me a Pearl Jam song, Beastie Boys, ACDC, oh, The Beatles. God. Okay. Take, take one of those. I like all those. That's fine. You know, Imus used to do that. Imus used to, uh, you were on his show many, many times. He would ask his guests, what are your five favorite songs? He actually used to put it on the internet. And then he would play one of those five songs as an intro music. So maybe I'll take a page from him. And yes, you can pick your next song, okay? Yeah, Motorhead wasn't doing it for me, but okay. <laughs> anyway, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How is, uh, how is Italy this morning? It's beautiful, sunny. Um it's one forty, so by now I'd normally be on my second or third glass of wine, but I held off for you. So, um, <laughs> but it's great. It's all it's all work here for me, as you know. It's uh, believe me. It's, wait a second. It's, it's all wait a second. It's all work for you. You own like ten soccer teams. You're on every magazine in Italy. You're like the most famous Italian ever in some of those towns. Um, I don't know Catania, Ferrari, wherever the hell you are. Uh, it's not all work. <laughs> I mean, you do some fun stuff there too. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd rather be home, honestly, but it, it's something that is, look, I'm, I'm not complaining. No, no one put a gun to my head. It's a great, great thing to do. It's being involved with a, with an Italian football team, which here is like part of the fiber of any community. And it's amazing to see the response when you do well. So it's great. And yes, of course, you and I have been sports fiends 
since birth. It's in our DNA. So being part of this, having your team out there, it, I mean, it's something special. It really is. I know. You but know, you, I, I, no, I know. But you and I, you're right. We grew up together, went to poly prep together. We love the four major sports. You know, you like the Vikings and the Raiders. I like the Giants. We love the Mets together. We had our hockey differences. Then you don't have to become a big-time hockey player. It's good more university. But when did soccer, like we never followed soccer as kids. I know Pele played on no. the Cosmos. But when did soccer become a favorite for Joe Tacopina? You know, it was an, a, really a family thing with the Italian heritage, and that's the truth. I mean, my father and I used to watch the World Cup together like, you know, there was nothing else in the world. And by the way, they're talking point. about but Pelle he, and the Cosmos. Your father's name was Cosmo. Exactly. I, don't, I think the Cosmos named him after him, not vice versa, <laughs> but okay. But anyway, he, you know, it was something that was so important. And when I first went to Italy and I was doing work with the Gucci family, this is years ago in the late 90s, um, you know, I got to experience the game live, and I've never experienced a passion. Said so you could put the Super Bowl, the, the the World Series, wrap it up into one, and you don't understand the level of passion that comes to bear with one of these games because it is really the the the, the fiber and the soul of these communities, um, and it's it's so different and it's so amazing and it captivated me. Look, it's a sport. It's a great sport. Um, no, it's not the sport in America. Of course, when we were kids, it was barely existent, right? Um, but but it is the, it's the world sport, and it's something that really, um, if you do it right, you you could leave really an impact in the communities, and it's it's nice. It's nice to see that, nice to feel it. And then of course, I love to win. I'm, I mean, you right. know, and I are addicted to winning, and that's what we do. I mean, I'm proud that I'm the I'm the only president in the history of Italian football to win three promotions, three championships in a row. So you know, wow. that's not a bad little not a bad little legacy to leave. That's but, a uh, big deal. And, and again, is. just uh, for yeah. the folks that don't know, what is the name and the city of your your soccer team right now? Um, this this team is called Spal, um, which stands for Società Polisportiva Arts and Labor. Um, it's a historically great team in Italian football um, history, and it's in the city of Ferrara, which is one of the most beautiful cities. Yes. Yes. Um, and and Sid, you would appreciate this city because it is the the preeminent. Jewish city in Italy it has the most important Jewish museum in the country. Wow. There's major synagogues here. Yeah, yeah, it's a real Jewish population in Ferrara. It's a, it's, it's a UNESCO World Heritage City. It's right next to uh, Bologna, um, Venice. It's it's a stunningly beautiful place. So, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining. Wow. And how far is that from your law offices? Uh, you're still in Milan, yes or no? No, I don't have the law office here anymore. Um, the only work I do, obviously, is out of the Madison Avenue office in New York. If we have Italian clients, you know, we we basically uh, partner up with an Italian law firm. Gotcha. So okay. that, that, that's the Milan thing stop. Gotcha. The law office thing stop. Long, I, that was uh, me and Artie. I doubt we were popping forth, back and forth, doing cases. And that was uh, just a different time. It's a different time. Gotcha. Okay. So but, you're, you're in New York. But, you know, Tish gets all the credit for allowing me to do this, by the way. Let <laughs> me just say that. I, I mean, was going to say. You, like, you, you, not really, like, a patience of a saint and then beyond. And, you know, I thank her because without her, I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff. But, and, you know, it takes away from, from our time. But she understands the, the importance and, and what we're doing here. And it's, uh, you know, we're building a business. We're both uh, very lucky. Tish on your side, Danielle on my side, two beautiful ladies that uh, very patient with both you and I. Joe Takapina here on the uh, Bernie and Sid show this morning. So the uh, Eric Adams came out yesterday and he said, listen, 
he really wants to make uh, these bail reform laws. He wants to change them. He uh, is saying things that, quite frankly, made me happy yesterday. He got into an argument, actually, with some lady who's like, stop making it political. And he's like, listen, don't debate this with me. Talk to the mother of the little girl who got shot in the face. So for what it's worth, well, the he has of the two police officers. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't done a heck of a lot in the six weeks he's been in power. In fact, it's been a complete disaster. But at least yesterday, in terms of bail reform, Joe Tacopina, Eric Adams was saying all the right things. He was. And I think it's time. Look, you know. The fact of the matter is anyone who argues against the the modification of the current bail reform laws is is blind, is blind and is insensitive to what's happening in our city. Um, New York City is seeing a violent crime wave, the likes we haven't seen in decades. Okay, the increase in violent crime is eye popping, Sid. And, And a lot of it has to do with the way we're treating people who are. Uh, arrested for crimes, including violent crimes. Look, I'm going to give you one example. So anyone who wants to debate me on this, I would do it in a heartbeat because I have one example. I mean, there are so many of them, but there was a woman arrested for robbery of that, which is a violent crime. She physically pulled a purse from some lady on a subway, pushed her. You know, that's a violent crime. It's a robbery. It's a, it's a massive felony. You go to jail for many years for doing that. She had already 59. Listen to I didn't misspeak there. 59 arrests wow. in her past. Okay. She was released with no bail. And then guess what she did? <laughs> Went out and committed another crime. That's bail reform. That's the heart of bail reform. Look, even my friend, and I mean my friend in, this, in a serious way, Reverend Al Sharpton, you know, is, is, is decrying for, for out-of-control crime. You know, he really is. He's, he's, he's coming out and saying, come on, this enough is enough. You know, and it's, it's not a black and white issue. It's not an issue about minorities being treated unfairly. It's a matter of human decency and people doing the right thing. And it's really horrible what we're seeing here. It's just horrible. And, and the, what Eric Adams wants, and really what the heart of bail reform is, just so you understand, to make it easy for those people who aren't in the practice of law, it, it, it just we just want to allow the judge to consider the dangerousness of the defendant before deciding to release him. Not, okay, it, they didn't murder someone, they didn't rape someone, check, check, you, you get to go. Right. Um, yeah, I know you have 59 arrests. I know you committed violent crimes in the past. You're dangerous, but according to this, box I have here, you get to go home. Um, and it shouldn't be that way. No, no. You should let the, the discretion up to the judges, even though some of these judges, quite frankly, are more dangerous than the criminals, but at least leave them the discretion to uh, make up their minds when it comes to this type of stuff. Now, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, he originally said, listen, unless you kill or rape somebody, you're good to go. He has circled that back about 10 times since. Now he's about to put you in prison for life if you steal a box of Cheerios. This guy doesn't know what the hell to do. He's, I mean, seriously, he's such a phony, and he's so scared of everybody that now he doesn't know what to say. But my question to you is, Joe, do you believe that in their heart of hearts, and I asked Curtis Lee with the same question 40 minutes ago, in their heart of hearts that Eric Adams, Alvin Bragg, and all these people really want to change this, or they're just saying these types of things to keep people like you and I happy. No, I listen, I know both those guys, okay? And, and I've known Eric for 20 years. Um, I consider him a friend. I, I know Eric. Eric doesn't speak just to speak. Eric what? speaks his mind. No, what? no. I'm oh, stop you, that. Stop, me stop. That. You better he, cut that out, I'm Joe. I'm you who Eric Adams is. I mean, yeah. listen to me. That's who Eric is. Let, give him time, dude. It's been six weeks. You're already, you're already indicting him and, yes. and deeming his. He his, sucks. His, 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 uh, yes, oh, he, he sucks. He's going to suck in six weeks from now. He's going to suck in six weeks from then. He sucks. Most important issue in New York City right now is law and order and, 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 and reduction of crime. 
Eric's all over that. So he's all over him. Do his job. What has he done? He's all over it. What has he done? He's a mayor. He's not a prosecutor. He's not a not a police chief. But okay, so the, so the, so guys. I know that you know. So so how about calling out Kathy Hochul? How about calling out Alvin Bragg? How about calling out all these people that are putting these these laws in not putting them in place, but keeping them in place? If he's so angry, Eric Adams, call out the people that he's working with. Instead, he coddles them. Yeah, you know. Ah, uh, gotcha. Now what, counselor? When, now when what? you become a politician, you have to be a politician, which is why, by the way, Sid, as you know, I can't stand politics. <laughs> I can't stand politicians. Right. I, I like people. I just can't stand politicians. Because, <laughs> right. you know, unlike what I do, unlike what I do, this is this. I tell this to a jury. You know, I said, ladies and gentlemen, jury, when I promise you something in my opening statement, you get to see if I delivered on my promises before you vote. For me or for the other side. Well, you, you, right? you don't always get to it, see it, it because you may be wearing it, a mask. <laughs> not in my trial, but I said, I said it's not like a politician's promise where, you know, they get to promise you the moon. You vote based on those promises, and then only after you vote do you get to see if they kept those promises. Right. That's the problem with politics. Right. So I, I'm just like, you're sick. I'd rather watch a football game in Italy. Uh, I hear you. You know, it's funny because years ago, when that whole Amanda Knox story came out of Italy, that was the young, pretty American girl involved in supposedly sex gone wrong, and she stabbed this girl a hundred times, whatever it was. And um, I remember talking to you about it quite a bit. In fact, during that point, I think it was when Euron Vandersloot was one of your clients, too. And um, I said, you know, is this girl going to go to jail? And you said, let me tell you something, Sid. As crazy as it is in the United States, the legal system here in Italy is a complete mess. Has that changed at all, or is that still the case? No, no, it's the Napoleonic Code. It's a different world. I mean, you get incarcerated here during an investigation, <laughs> so you don't, you know, tamper with the witnesses or something like that. It, no, seriously. And Amanda Knox, you know, I was part of her team for a while here. She was incarcerated for like two years before they actually, wow, you know, deliberated her her guilt or innocence. I mean, it, it was it was really a, a horrific case, and the first theory of the prosecutor, who is this notorious prosecutor, he literally came up with some theory out of whole cloth where she, you know, this conspiracy theory with some bartender at a bar with it. None of it was true. It was just what he thought. And he actually put it in papers and that got her arrested. I mean, it's a weird thing here. Yeah. I mean, look, that, that, we can criticize the United States criminal justice system all we want. Okay, but by far and away, it is the fairest system in the world. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. No, you're you right. The, yeah. Most of the results right most of the time not right. always not right. always it's a, there's human error and there's things that happen um but 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 i would not want to be charged with a crime for instance in italy now on the other hand if you get sentenced to 75 years in italy you only get out after you know 12 days and that's you know you get a home suspended sentence for the rest <laughs> so that's the good news that's the good news <laughs> that is good you know I, i've always wanted to ask you this too two more will let you run you've uh, represented some really high profile people that were guilty right away, according to the media and the public, like Joran Vandersloot, for mm -hmm. example, with the girl in Aruba. That guy, he, you know, I, I know that you had him the second time around in Peru, but he killed both of those girls. That's my opinion. And no, I, I, didn't, I didn't have him in Peru. I would not represent him. In oh, okay. So I represent said, him in the Aruba case because I believed in him. The evidence showed he wasn't, right. he wasn't liable, responsible. He was acquitted in, in, in right. Peru right. and also in New York right. when he was sued. Right. He was you know, guilty. My, right. my buddy Bo like, grabbed right. him off the plane. Yeah. He was vindicated in that case also. Yeah, he was guilty. So, but in Peru, it was a different yeah. story. Right. He was guilty. And uh, O.J. Simpson was acquitted too. Uh, was and, then, and you also represented Lilo Broncado. And, so you've had some high-profile people uh, people don't like. 
In a moment of honesty, Joe, when you're sitting alone at your table at Cipriani's in downtown Manhattan, having your glass of wine, and, and when someone doesn't run over to say, oh, my God, you're Joe Tacopina, you ever say to yourself, man, I wish I didn't take that case? You know, the, uh, the reason I'm going to tell you no, honestly say no, is I've not taken cases that I didn't believe in. That I, I thought the guy was, it was either something I couldn't represent someone that I thought they were guilty of, like pedophilia, or look, right. I, I once had an Al Qaeda terrorist <laughs> me to represent him, and I couldn't hang up the phone fast enough. I mean, there is no money in the world that would allow me to represent someone like that. And by the way, I would be ineffective as a lawyer because I could, if I couldn't stand the client that much, I've represented some people who are guilty. But, you know, sometimes guilt is, is not black and white. There's gray. Right. And, you know, sometimes people make a mistake in their lives that needs mitigation. And sometimes the, your job as a lawyer is to mitigate their mistakes and, and, and put it in perspective. So, so I represent people who are guilty. But let me tell you something. All those cases you named, Lilo was innocent, and he was acquitted of, of the death of that officer, thank God. You know, the, the, the rape top. He was innocent. I mean, people still talk about that case. I mean, like, like you know, I pulled right. some magic right. rabbit out of a hat or something like that. Right. Um, you know, th- those cases there are, are – I'm very proud of them. I've also had a lot of people who were purely innocent, charged with crimes, said that would put them in jail for the rest of their life. And I mean purely innocent, not – I believe innocent, purely innocent. And those are the cases that I can't sleep at night because the responsibility is so overwhelmingly awesome. And, and, those, I, you know, and that's why I just take it all so seriously and work so hard. So, no, I've never, I'm very proud of what I do because, look, I'm not the judge, jury, and executioner. My goal and my job is to hold the prosecution to their standards, to make sure constitutional um, you know, laws were not violated, and that people get a fair shake. And that's all you can do. Yep. You're not going to win every case, by the way, because of that. But, but you know, when you save someone's life, um, someone whose life deserves to be saved, it's, it's, it's satisfying. It really is rewarding. Uh, that was a great conversation, Joe. Just a great conversation. Seriously, you're brilliant. I love you. Enjoy uh, your few days uh, left in Italy. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week when you're back in the United States. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Ci vediamo prossima settimana. <laughs> I love you, too. Joe Tacopina, live from Italy. Still lots more to do, including Bill O'Reilly, coming up next hour. That's a great two hours of radio. We got two more to go. Love, look at the two. You know, the uh, lawyers, whether it's him or Artie Idala or my beautiful wife, Danielle, or Katie Fernandez, listening to us right now, the judges, the judges love us. You know, you got, uh, in fact, we've got the judge upstairs. He does the show with Peter King Saturday mornings on the FM station, 107.1. They replay it Sunday mornings, I believe, before the Reverend the Rabbi, during our great Sunday morning lineup, of course, highlighted by John Katz and Matidi's roundtable. So Judge Weinberg, of course, is a fan, too. But I have countless stories of times where I went to court with Danielle in Brooklyn, Queens, where, uh, you know, they go to recess and the judge would give me the old finger motion. And I'd be like, why is he talking to me? What, what, what's, I'm just here to hang out and take you for lunch. And I walk up there and he'd be like, I got to tell you, listen, every day I love you. 
And I'd be like, good, then make sure that no one's the case, you son of a bitch. <laughs> make life easy on her. One judge in particular, I'm not going to mention his name, was very tough on her. And then once he met me in the court one day, he uh, his behavior changed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so uh, I love the fact that the legal folks out there love Bernie and Sid because we love them. We love anybody out there defending Americans, our Constitution, our freedoms, our liberties, even defense attorneys. I mean, look, Takapina, he... He really believes what he says, but uh, most of his clients are guilty. <laughs> I mean, all of them. Joran Vandersloot definitely killed that girl in Aruba. Lilo Brancata from a Bronx Tale. He's a scumbag. You know, Chance Palminteri will never talk to him again. Never. Never. Good old little C. Never talk to him again. Don't forget that uh, Takapina started his career sitting next to Bruce Cutler at all the John Gotti trials. That's He put his feet in the fire right away representing John Gotti. So he's been around some uh, some of the big ones, if you will. And they know they know the deal. But what I think where he was being honest was he said, a lot of my clients are guilty, but they deserve and need mitigation. Because not everybody is has done the most horrendous thing in the world, if you will. So um, it's an interesting profession, to say the least. Imagine going to work and knowing, well, this guy, I'm not so sure, but it's my job. It's my job to make him or her look good. And that can't be easy. Can't be easy. Especially today, the court of public opinion is loud, right between the media, the public, guys like me and Bernie, quite frankly. Can't even hear yourself think. Exactly right. We get on the air in the morning and we start yelling and screaming and you guys get all riled up out there if you like us. And end of story, guilty. Guilty. Haven't even heard the specifics, haven't listened to the case, haven't read one piece of paperwork, guilty. Oh, because Sid and Bernie said it. <laughs> like my buddy Mike Sullivan listening right now who loved both Curtis Sliwa and Joe Takapina last hour. Guilty. Sid and Bernie said it. Got to be guilty. So anyway, that is, that's where we are in America today. And that was a, a very interesting conversation with Takapina. Bill O'Reilly is coming up at 840. Lydia Reports is coming up next. And we'll play Beat Sid coming up at 940. So what did you watch uh, on TV last night, Christina? You're, you're a... Um, Fox News. I was just about to say, take a wild one. I, I, I know. What do you think? Tucker Carlson, <laughs> Sean Hannity. Then you go to bed before Laura, yeah, Laura yeah. Ingram. Hannity, right? unfortunately, it's kind of, it's getting past my bedtime now, especially that I'm here. But uh, I was watching Waters World, and I watched Tucker. Well, what time is he on? He's on at 7? So Waters is on at 7 weeknights yeah. now, and then, and then Tucker's. You don't like Jesse that much, though, right? Eh, he's okay. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like Tucker. I like yeah. Tucker. You like Jesse on The Five? Yeah, yeah not a Don Bongino's really my. You like Bongino? I do. Okay. You know what? Anyone that used to be anyone who's Italian officer, and acts as a tough guy, you like. He has. He acts <laughs> like a tough guy. He has an Italian last name. The fact right. that he was a police officer, all that, you know, does you, it for you me. You like but, that? Okay. Yeah, but Waters World was interesting because as as I'm watching Fox News right now and seeing that Biden's approval rating has plummeted. Below 40%. 39%. 39%. And actually 57% uh, go as far as saying we disapprove. Right. Those are very scary numbers. They're very scary numbers. But you know what? It's not just New York that's feeling the effects of this new presidency. Uh, Waters World was showing, I was telling you earlier, all over the country, the crime rates. I mean, Seattle is now saying this is too much. Small businesses are, are closing up Seattle and Portland. Remember them when they didn't want the police? And of course. They, you know, they wanted to be their own uh, judge and jury over there. Yeah. Um, the Waters World was showing home invasions where, where 
literally criminals are coming into people's houses and saying, uh, excuse me, move over. Right. We just well, want to well, take all your well, stuff. <laughs> they don't say, excuse me. Sometimes yeah. they physically no. do some really horrible they, things. They, they rape are. the women. They they, they rob this stuff. And by the way, when you say all over the country, you do have to preface it by saying this. In blue states. In blue states. You're not seeing, you're yeah. not seeing Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton, Miami, down in Florida. I mean, you, you yeah. get them. Don't get me wrong. I lived in Boca. There was, still, right. there was still plenty of crime. But blue states is where they're having the biggest issues. Oh, they're having huge issues. You know issues. why? Because the folks that run the blue states are pussies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and all these home invasions and, and all this stuff. And you got to imagine that these homeowners now are thinking, hmm. Those mean tweets weren't so bad, huh? Right. Well, they're I not, mean, but they're not, see, that's the problem. And I have this conversation with Bernard all the time. You don't think they are? I don't. I think they hate Trump so much that it doesn't matter how bad this country is. They will admit, for example, Joe Biden's terrible. Right. But I would rather have another Democrat, I'll take my chance, than put that orange-faced moron back in power. Very few people, very few are going to go, you know what? Trump wasn't all that bad. Very, very. That's my fear. Yeah. That's my fear. I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. But no, I, I, do I, tend I think to Bill O'Reilly would agree with me. Yeah, I do tend to agree with you. There are some that will just never, ever admit some, that we were The overwhelming we were majority, off. not some. Yeah. There are some that may admit it, but the overwhelming majority would never come out and say, you know what? Trump wasn't all that bad. Yeah, we were better off. We were, we were safer. Meanwhile, the whole country is just, uh, it's up in flames. It it's is? It's up in flames. The, the no. crime rate, it's not just, I mean, New York is bad, but it's all, it's all over. And like you said, mostly blue states. We're seeing it. Well, almost only uh, blue states exclusively. Yeah. Uh, Mike uh, Garcia inching towards the mic. He's got something to say. By the way, your microphone sucks every morning, just so you know. What is that uh, feedback we always have from you? Why is that desk? Can somebody fix that at some point? There's always uh, Yeah, feedback. we're trying yeah. to fix it, but uh, the, yeah. the News 2 microphone doesn't tend to be a, a priority okay. here at this place. All righty. Mikey, what do you want to say, pal? Go ahead. No, I just want to say that uh, you look good today. You look good. <laughs> That's the best thing you can say. That'll get you more airtime tomorrow. See, you're no dummy, Mike Garcia. You're very, very smart. How do I make sure that with six people in the studio and no Bernard, where Sid now goes to the cast in Bernie's stead, how do I make sure I get more airtime? You must throw compliments at the host. So that was brilliant. But what do you really want to say? No, I'm just excited for, you know, the big game this weekend. I'm excited for Will UFC. Will you stop saying the big game? It stop is a big it. game. It's called the Super Bowl. I know that people in this place, and, and, and they get all crazy, they're going to get sued. The only, I can't, for example, I can't have a Super Bowl pregame show. I can't do that without the consent of the National Football League. That will get me a cease and desist letter, which I've gotten from Greg Aiello in the NFL. I get it. But if you're reporting on the game on Sunday, it's called the Super Bowl. You can say it. You understand that, right? When you say the big game, it sounds lame. It's the Super Bowl on Sunday. It's the Rams versus the Bengals. We're not making any money off that. That's the name of the game. Okay, but does it really make a difference? I mean, we yes. all know. Well, well, hold on. We all know what's going to happen. And let's face it. We got that UFC Valentine's Nobody Day weekend. Nobody cares about UFC. Will you stop? Call Bernie. He cares. And he's actually lonely. And, and talk about UFC with Bernie. Nobody cares. In fact, not only do I care about UFC, uh, I don't want to hear about Joe Rogan anymore either. I'm sick of that. And I'm on Rogan's side. I like Rogan now. I like him. He's become a beacon of light. He's not a very talented guy. His podcast sucks. I don't care 11 million people listen. It's not good. We got to bring him on. Let's bring Joe Rogan on. Let's bring Joe Rogan on, and I promise you. I don't you, know him. I don't know it, Joe Rogan. You, if you can get him, tell him to come on. I'll do my best. But I'm sick of him, too, at this point. God, who cares already? Take the $100 million from Spotify or go to Rumble. Who cares? 
I understand he what he represents. Believe me, and I love Joe Rogan for that. Not a big Joe Rogan fan. I love him for that. But my God, am I bored of this story? Jeez. And he's still talking today. Well, what happened now? What's the latest? Uh, there is no latest. It's the same thing over and over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, that's stop playing stuff. Well, he I, turned I'm, down the Rumble deal. I think is that that's what, what it they is? were reporting. Yes, he's going to stay with Spotify, he said. Well, who cares? Because they, they were going to give him the same amount of money that he's yeah, going right. to Spotify. I mean, if, you, if you're the Rumble and you want to steal Joe Rogan from Spotify, offer $150 million instead of 100 Why would you offer the same amount of money and expect the guy to leave? $105 million would have done it. Right. Well, who knows? Maybe not. He's got to show some loyalty for $5 million at that point. I mean, you got Neil Young, I'm quitting, and Nils Lopin, I'm quitting, and this guy is still backing him. Probably 150 would have gotten him out of there. But, again, it's just it's too much. So uh, unless Bernie wants it, you don't, don't play it anymore. I don't have it. Did you walk in this morning and see any I Joe just told Rogan you I'm audio? Sick. No, no, that's true. Okay. So then why now, you... now, why did you not do it? Because you knew I'm sick of it, or you just, you're sick of it? Uh, both, 50-50. Both, right. That makes 100. When Bernie's not here, you do take on almost this host-like uh, persona. You feel like you, you make, like when Bernie sends you his 30 cuts the night before, you don't argue. You don't go, well, we've done this too much. Or this. You just, you're like a soldier. You just do whatever he says. Right. But when he's not here for some reason, and it shouldn't be the case as much as I love you, but for some reason you feel like you've taken some ownership of the show. I don't know why that's. I wish you would stop doing that. You want me to stop doing that? Yes. Well, I'll tell you the reason for that, actually. And uh, actually, now that I think about it, Bernie comes from what I do now, which is executive producing. So Uh I don't. That's the reason I don't really question Bernie when he sends me all the stuff. Well, I'm not asking you to question Bernie. What I'm saying is. Don't assume that when he's not here that all of a sudden you've got a bigger profile on the show. You're still, why, you're still why, the board. Why would I assume that? I'm well, not, you I'm do. You, you clearly assume it. You no? start, you start you making decisions about? like whether I should play Joe Rogan or not without asking me. I, that never happened. You just said this morning you didn't have any Joe Rogan cuts. I did not say what that if this I morning. Joe Rogan I'm, I'm, saying cuts? That, I'm saying that right now because I want, you brought it up. I, I want 10 Joe Rogan cuts I tell tomorrow. you every morning. I, I tell you every morning. Whatever you want, you ask me and I'll get it. I never asked you that But I never asked you for anything because I know you get annoyed. So that's why I have to then... Give my opinion because you don't ask for anything. Do you see how it works? No, it always comes back to me. I don't understand. Well, you're the host of the show. I make your life easy. I never bother you. I don't send you 40 things to do in the morning. I know when when the microphone goes on, I could talk for 80 days. Even Bernie said that last week. He goes, there is nobody I've ever worked with like who could just talk like Sid. I'm but not, that's what a radio host does. I'm not questioning your greatness in, I'm not, in I'm that not, don't, 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 don't patronize me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, sick of that, too. I'm not patronizing. I'm just saying you walk in every morning and you're like, what do you got for me? What that's do you got all? for me? Right. So then I say what I got yeah, for you. Yeah, but then like a big story like Joe Rogan today, you got me nothing. Zero. You just said you don't want to play Joe Rogan okay, anymore. Okay, I said five minutes ago. Now I changed my mind. <laughs> it's a big story. Christina just saw it on Fox News. It's nothing. He it's turned nothing down. Anymore. He turned down the rumbles. Nobody cares. Yeah. But we play it every Stupid. day. Mike Garcia cares. Nobody cares about what Mike Garcia cares about anyway. <laughs> Not even I, Mike I Garcia. Say, I didn't say that. You right. said that. But you were, your face said that. My face? Oh, God, here he comes again. Yeah, he's coming marching in here. <laughs> what, what is it, Mike? <laughs> what? What is, what is up with all this hostility so early in the morning? He's having his I've been having up for four hours moment. already. This is your daily Imus moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have at least one Imus moment every day. And once you start mentioning the UFC, you know it gets my blood boiling. Exactly. Loser sport for loser. P. I love Bernie, but my God. You said the same thing about podcasting, and look where you're doing now. You're doing podcasting. You're famous. You're awesome. 
I'm not famous because of my podcast, even though it's a brilliant podcast, and it's not even me. It's the guys that do the graphics in the background. You guys who do podcasts from your house, and yours is great. I love yours because you had Gabe on. I'll never say a bad word about your podcast because you had my son on. But for the most part, you're, you're losers, all of you. What about uh, Justin and I's podcast? We got now Guys Behind the Glass, now it's, live on the Red Apple Podcast. It's terrible. Terrible? Did you listen to the first episode? I've heard it. It's terrible. What didn't you like about it? Everything. The whole, the whole, everything about it. You just, it, 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 it. you don't like it. No, you didn't even listen to it. So you're just, you're lying through your teeth. You're right again. <laughs> I want you guys to do a an after the show podcast like Gary Delabonte does for Howard Stern for me and Bernie. Okay. You know, Jill and, and uh, Matt Meany used to do it. It was actually kind of funny. And you guys should do it every day, like Baba Booey does. The post-Bernie and Sid Show podcast, where you talk about some of our interviews, some of the stuff we discussed. Whatever you want to talk about. I don't care. Christina's shirt today. Whatever she is wearing there. The fact that we're matching again. <laughs> I, we're like, matching. I like that we're idea. Right. I like that idea a lot. So why don't we just do it? Okay. All right. uh, now I got a lot on my plate, so this is good. Okay, good. All right. Well, that was a great segment. Thank you, everybody. Mike, you want to say something else? You're done now. You're done? Okay, very good. Thank you. Lydia Reports and Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Coming up next. Keep it right here. One Night Love Affair. My phone is blowing up. People loved that segment. Now, that's radio. Remember in uh, the movie Days of Thunder when... Um, no. Well, Tom Cruise played a uh, like a race car driver, you know. And uh, his nemesis would rub up his car against him, you know. And uh, Robert Duvall, the great Robert Duvall, of course, uh, who played Tom in The Godfather, was trying to explain to Tom Cruise. He'd be like, son, rubbing up on you. Now, that's racing. And um, that's the, uh, my, my phone is blowing up. People love that last segment. They like when uh, we go back and forth and all that, and it's fun stuff. Yeah, I had a blast. It was great. Yeah. Pete uh, from Connecticut seemed to like it, huh, Luke? Yeah, we got, we got a couple people concerned about me and Justin, which is nice to hear. Yeah, that's but, so uh, stupid. Uh, it's stick we, you morons. We get it. Uh, we, we understand. That's the thing. I, once in a while, I get a text. I'm like, why are you being so mean to Justin? Have Just, you, have Justin, you listened, how do you feel? Have you ever listened to radio before? Have these people never listened to radio before? I don't understand it. I've got very thick skin. I'm like a... I don't listen. I don't care if you do or you don't. Listen, I got my ass kicked for Imus for 20 years, and it made for some of the best radio Imus ever did. That's why that bastard won five Barconis and made $15 million a year. But nobody, this is why the way... cared about his interviews. But this is why you're the way that you are. Well, of course, but people... But You want us to turn out like you? Yeah, oh, you could. You only hope to God that's going to be. I mean, of course, minus jail, rehab, those type of things. Yeah, you got to pray to God that's the case. 
Pray yeah. to God. Minus this, that, and the other thing. Right. And all the laundry list of things. It, yeah. Exactly. It makes us better. You know, we're, we're practicing quick wit. Right. You know what I'm saying? But but these people listen to our station. They, they don't understand no, that. No, they're, they're, they're idiots. They're stupid. Is that what it is? Well, some of them, yes. I, I, but that also means we're doing a good job of, oh. of selling it. Right. You know what I mean? No. Lydia reports right here on ABC. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, you're a connoisseur of Botox. Can it infiltrate your brain and and uh, cause some kind of brain damage and impair judgment? I know it can. No, I, I got it. I, it's fun, funny you bring that up because I am going to Jen from Dolce, me and Danielle tomorrow. That's ironic you bring it up. But Curtis Sliwa sent me something of all people this weekend. They did a big story on Botox. It was either the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, and it said that seventy five percent of people who get Botox have less anxiety and suffer less depression than people who don't. So I know you're, you're being funny, you're being sarcastic, but but there was actually a story about Botox, a medical story just five days ago that says people are healthier in their mind getting Botox. That's because they can't show those emotions on their face. Well, I know it helps reduce migraines because a friend of mine, she used to get them. Her name is Erica. But I'm wondering if it's if it's some it's like impairing judgment or some kind of common sense when it comes to Governor Kathy Hochul, because she really needs to do something about the Manhattan District Attorney's office. We've been talking about that D.A. brag, right? He said, "Okay, oh, yeah, I'm going to make armed robberies now a felony, you know, but then a guy held up a CVS recently with a knife. And that was reduced again to a misdemeanor. The guy held up a CVS with a knife and he all he got was a ticket. Now, according to the New York Post, I'm seeing this, a New York City purse snatcher. She has 59 arrests, 59 arrests. And she's attacked and kicked and, and dragged people downstairs in the subway. And once again, they released her without bail. She, her name is uh, Nicole Green, 46 years old. I mean, this is this is insane. She has a rap sheet spanning almost 30 years. And her most recent arrest was on Monday when she kicked a woman on a Queens bound E train, yeah. grabbed her purse, took her money, and she was charged with robbery in the third degree. And she was released without bail that night on the condition that she stay off the subway. So clearly they're trying to go. I mean, really, you want to go on the honor system <laughs> with somebody that has 60 arrests under yeah. her belt. Yeah. And of course, then she was she was brought in again for another robbery and no bail was requested again by the D.A.'s office. I, I mean, this is this is like really crazy. Like you were talking about yesterday about your cousin that wasn't even touched by a robber and this woman has a trail of victims and she's just being let out constantly and then they're crying and wondering why we have so much crime on the streets and governor Hochul, the reason i'm blaming her is because she could easily replace da bragg send a message to all the da's throughout new york city do your job or you will be fired i mean look she she uh, alvin bragg i should say is talking a different language now than he was a month ago he did say just yesterday that um, he's going to start prosecuting people for much less than what he initially said. So, you know, we'll see. The proof will be in the pudding. She can't fire him. She's not going to do that. We all knew that from day one. That was a ridiculous conversation because she would never do it. But certainly, Why? Why can't she do it? Why she can't do, she she's do a it? Democrat. She can easily replace him. She's, a demo- she's a Democrat. Democrats don't fire Democrats. That's the way it works. They're a very loyal party. 
Unlike Republicans, that's why they, they stick together. A Democrat is not going to fire a Democrat. It would be, it's the same conversation I had with Bernie about the Super Bowl show. Roger Goodell is not going to remove Snoop Dogg. doesn't matter how many people say it's the right thing to do. They're just not going to do it. Democrat, not going to fire a Democrat. Bottom line. So it's not going to happen. So we have to wait this for a Republican to a, win. A, 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 this shouldn't be a Republican or a Democrat oh, uh, issue or I, a black uh, uh, or listen, a black person. I, 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 this is it, a common sense what issue. It, what it should be, this lady got 60 arrests. It doesn't matter what it should be. And ideally, you're right. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're right. But there's the real world, which only comes down to race and political affiliation. And then there's the, the phone, you know, the makeup world, which we're talking about right now. The real world is if you're a Democrat, you're not going to fire a Democrat. If you're a black person, you're going to defend a black person no matter what they did. That's the real world. That's the world that I live in. Uh, what you're talking right. about would be great, but it, it's, it, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's why Joe Rogan, he can say the N-word, and they want to basically cut off his head and go through the streets and, you know, burn him in effigy. But oh, God, I'm you so got, sick of Joe you got Rogan. Howard Stern. Oh, you got Howard Stern. Who so what? Leave Howard, leave Howard Stern alone. He's a genius. What else? <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, you can't have these two tiers of justice because you're a Democrat or whatever. I don't think Howard Stern should be canceled. I don't think Joe Rogan should be canceled. I don't think Jimmy Fallon, because stuff that was funny. I think Dave Chappelle is hilarious. And nowadays, if you played any of his skits, people would be like, oh, my God, that's so offensive. And the crack pipe thing. And I was going to talk about the crack pipe thing, by the way. Did you hear about that? Well, How which part? Because I, I was watching Tucker Carlson two nights ago, Lydia. It was great. He actually brought back the Marion Barry story, the former mayor of Washington, D.C., and he talked about how you know, how now, you know, white people, uh, especially people like Hunter Biden, craft their crack pipes so beautifully. And guys like black guys in Baltimore, they have to use tinfoil. It was actually a very funny little story he did. But what is the latest there? Well, the latest is, according to the Free Beacon Press, there is a grant, a $30 million grant for a lot of these safe injection sites that they would supply addicts with safe smoking kits. And then mm. the Free Beacon Press said um, in, in the safe uh, smoking kit would be a crack pipe. But the right. White House yesterday said, no, 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 it's not, there's not going to be pipes in there. There's going to be lip balms and syringes. Oh, my God. And who, there's going to be alcohol swabs. Well, who so said this, like, Biden? Okay. Biden or Saki? Jen Psaki. Oh. Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary. Jeez. So, okay, they're not going to put crack pipes in there because obviously when you think of safe smoking kit, you would think they're going to have some kind of instrument there so then they could safely smoke, right? But they're like, no, 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 because they got so much backlash. No, 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 no crack pipes. But we are going to put syringes in there, clean mm. syringes, clean needles. Mm. How is that any better? Why are our taxpayer dollars being used so people could administer drugs to themselves? I don't know. I'm with you on that a thousand percent. And I'm a recovering addict. And as I talked about uh, at length yesterday, I do tend to sympathize with the addict. I've even every now and then felt badly for Hunter you Biden. Made me cry. Uh, thank you. Thank you. But thank you very much, Lydia. But uh, in this case, I think it's ridiculous. I think, you know, you you know, it's it's kind of like the gambling thing. Right, Lydia? So we wanted to legalize gambling in New York. And by the way, in the first month, New York did one point six billion. It went past New Jersey. It went past Las Vegas. And the rub is, well, what about degenerate gamblers like Sid Rosenberg? Now you're giving them a chance to gamble legally. And I always say this, F. Sid Rosenberg, because you can't operate society worrying about the folks that can't control themselves. And I happen to be one of those guys. And I'm saying F me because you have to do the better good for society. Most people can place a wager without having their lights shut off. You know, most people can have a drink of wine without drinking for three days. You don't operate society worried about the addict, which is me. So in this case, even though I'm sympathetic towards the addict, it's disgusting what they're doing trying to protect 
drug users. Disgusting. Because if they really cared, they'd have more rehabs. Right. Insurance would cover more rehabs. They'd have more hospitals. They wouldn't allow people to slowly commit suicide on the streets. They don't care. It's just about power and control. That's right. Tonight, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. I know we got to wrap this up. I always love talking to you. That was great. We always have a great spirit of conversation. Yes. It's such an honor to always be on your show. Thank you. And that was great. Cats at Night, 5 o'clock with John Katzmatidis. You don't want to miss it. We talk about everything that's going on in the world. And we give you the truth and nothing but the truth. So help us. <laughs> that was great, Lydia. Thank you so much. That was a great report. Lydia Serrani, you can hear her with John every afternoon at 5. Follow her. She's a great follow on Instagram at Lydia News 1 on Twitter. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. At Lydia News. So if you would have told me 10 years ago, even 15 years ago, that I'd be writing a book, like I said, how could he write a book? He never read a book, let alone a second book. I would have said you were nuts. But I'd say you were even more crazy if you would have said to me that Bill O'Reilly was going to write a blurb about our relationship and what he thinks about me. And I'd say you were nuts. But I've got five blurb writers, and at the very top of the list is Bill O'Reilly. And what a beautiful blurb he wrote for me. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. He does a spectacular show every weeknight here on 77 WABC at 9 o'clock. You hear from him throughout the morning on our show at 725 and afternoons. He's got his own website, BillOReilly.com, where if you want news, you're not going to get better. His interviews, his stories, his TV show, fantastic. He comes off in a, a really a tremendous uh, two-state uh, stay with Donald Trump. And, of course, his Killing Series is the best series in the history of books. In the history of books, and his next one coming out about the jihad may be the best of all. With all that said, here he is, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. You know, I'm living large down here in Florida. No, you're not. uh, Yeah, I'm here. I'm down here. I passed the breakers last night, and I kind of yelled out, I know Sid. (laughs) I know Sid. Um, Yeah, I'm down in... uh, Palm Beach doing some uh, some work uh, for the O'Reilly Empire, and um, I'm happy to talk to you guys. So how are you doing? Well, we are doing great. Bernie is back getting his second round of chemo today, so it's just me today, Bill. But, you know, I know you got a long history down in Florida. And for people that don't know your whole life story, which is an amazing story of how you rose to the top and where you are today, but you spent some time down there in South Florida teaching many years ago, right? Uh, yes, I taught in a uh, ghetto school, Catholic school in Opelika, Florida, Oof. which is north of Miami. Yep. And at the time, it was the crack capital of the world, um, and I was pleased to be there. Uh, the kids were great. It was uh, what they call a diverse student body, uh, Cuban, white, black. And uh, I had a good two years down there, and I learned an enormous amount about not only Florida, but about human nature. And it really served me well. 
um, in my uh, in my career. And so, you know, I have a I have an affinity for Florida, but I'm, I'm just writing a little column here um, about the difference of life down here yep. and in New York. Oh, it is uh, thought, it is night and day. I know. I was just down in yeah, Hollywood, I Florida. Mean, yeah. It's it's like two different countries. Yep. It is. And, you know, um, you talked about how Opal Locker, when you were there, was the crack capital of the world. And I know you know what's going on with uh, the White House uh, offering crack pipes to users. And, again, I say this, Bill, as a recovering addict, I'm always sympathetic. Even a guy like Hunter Biden, every now and then I find myself sympathetic. Not often, but every now and then. But what the White House is doing to appease the drug user is, and I'm a recovering addict, it is absolutely disgusting. What are your thoughts on that? It's a complicated issue, and we're investigating just how much taxpayer money uh, is going to go to facilitate the use of hard drugs. I always come back to children, and um, 70% of all child abuse and neglect in this country is caused by substance abusers. So while it is a disease, it's not a disease that you um, catch. It's something you acquire. Um, There's a lot of heredity involved in it. I have it in my family, Irish family. Um, You know, it's alcohol. But there's got to be a message sent to society that if you are going to use narcotics or get drunk every day, you're going to hurt other people. And that's the message. And you know it better than anybody. Of course. You're going to hurt people that you love and other people. And that message is not sent. No, it's not. That that is the message. You're right, right, Bill. That's what they should be concentrating on, not coddling. Right. That's it. I couldn't agree more. There there is no nobility in becoming addicted to narcotics. There is in rehabbing and getting out of it. Because that shows character and that shows that you understand that your actions are are, um, deleterious. But the message that we're sending, not only in drugs and alcohol in this country, is that whatever you want to do is okay. Right. That's wrong. It's not okay. Nope. It's not a, a situation where... We have a district attorney in New York City who says, you know, if you sell heroin or crack or even fentanyl on the street, I'm not going to punish you. Do you know how many tens of thousands of people have died taking those substances? And how I would say millions of people all over the world have been enslaved. And this is they degrade themselves to get the money to buy the narcotics, mm. and then you have law enforcement saying, go ahead, mm. go ahead and do it. Mm. I'm not going to punish you. And, you know, that would be like me as a teacher in this, the classroom going, hey, you want to curse at me? You want to not do your assignments? You want to disrupt the class? Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, in the you know, same spirit I could also use in this situation, you use the teacher and the student it would also be sort of something like, oh, I don't know, the National Football League putting on a halftime show where the talent oh. is allowed to write songs about killing cops, which, of course, is your column, does the NFL hate cops? But that makes sense in this scenario, too. Just another example of what you're talking about. Yes? Yes. I basically 
am appalled that Roger Goodell and the owners of the National Football League would put on a Super Bowl show featuring people who have encouraged their listeners to kill police officers. And I have their lyrics in my column on BillOReilly.com. The column is titled, Does the NFL Hate Cops? Now, they're justified all day long. You know, they're not really, they don't really mean it. uh, Hey, you know, we have to start to draw a line here that you want a civilized society or you don't. Now, is this not a family-friendly venue, the Super Bowl? Don't people get together in neighborhoods and watch the game and have some snacks and you know, uh, in a very wholesome, good way. And then all of a sudden, we got uh, Snoop and Dr. Dre and Eminem up there with, doing what they do. Mm. What kind of message does that send the world? Remember, Super Bowl goes out all, all over the world. What kind of message is that? You know, can't Earth, Wind, and Fire do the show? Oh, I love them. Or the 50th anniversary of the Doobie Brothers. And we have a, an unbelievable amount of talent in this country. And, and this is what we have to have. Now, look, I'm not calling for a boycott. I know Calvin brought us uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, I've had conversations with him. I don't have anything personally against him. But when you read his lyrics, they're wrong. I'm going to use that word. They are wrong. And you're rewarding that, Roger Goodell. What's the matter with you? What are you doing this for? He's doing it for diversity and inclusion, and he wants to think that he's woke, and all of this garbage that is destroying the fabric of our society. You don't think 11- and 12-year-old kids in poor neighborhoods with no father, unsupervised, listen to, why do you want to get a gun and kill a cop? That makes, they, they absorb that i agree i agree with you all gonna do it nope but it's a it's a diminution of respect toward the police do we have respect toward the police in new york city generally speaking no no we do not nope i mean again i'll go back to brag the da if you resist arrest if you punch a cop or spit at a cop i'm not going to prosecute you if he's trying to stop you from selling heroin and you turn around and kick them in the in the leg. Ah, don't worry about it. You know what? You think but, I'm exaggerating? No, this you, guy put that in his memo. He did. No, you're he not exaggerating. It. Yep, I know. I know he did. But I got to tell you, Bill. You know what annoys me almost as much? Not as much. Believe me when I tell you, I'm disgusted. Snoop Dogg. I don't like him. Uh, I'm not a fan of his. I don't know him personally. I don't want him, okay? I can't stand him, and I think the NFL is doing a terrible job here. But what annoys me almost as much is people that go, well, now I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. Why? Just shut the halftime show off. I get, like, they, they, they get on their soapbox, and I'm so angry now, and odds are they're not big NFL fans in the first place. But for some reason, that annoys me, too. Why does it got to be one of those two extremes? Well, you know, people want, to take some action. That that's what that's all about. Okay. They they want to stop the madness, and I understand that. I don't think by not watching the Super Bowl or the halftime show that it's going to do any good at all. I have to watch. It's my job to watch it. I'll watch the game. I'll watch the Super Bowl show. Right. I'll report on Monday what my impressions are. Right. Okay. Um, but I think that most people, I hope, most people in this country, I've had it have had it, yep. and they want to find a way to stop all this progressive, destructive stuff. 
And this is just like, you know, acting out or venting. Um, but the National Football League needs to take a hard look at itself on many, many different levels. I agree. And I hope you'll take time to watch the interview I had with Stephen A. Smith last night on the No Spin News. It was very instructive about the whole league, about what's happening there in the race area and other areas. And you're never going to see a discussion like that on cable news or network news, ever. Oh, we should play that. We should play that tomorrow. Me and Smith. Yes, me and Smith, mano a mano, and I like Smith. You like him? Right. And Tiki actually came back at Stephen A. Smith on the fan yesterday and uh, said he was very disappointed that Stephen A. Smith, the predominant big-time black guy in the business, went after Tiki, another black guy in the business, and, and pretty much said what I thought, which was Stephen A. Smith was wrong on this. He's completely out of bounds on this Brian Flores situation. Now, just summarize for us, what is Stephen A. Smith, what, what bill of goods did he try to sell to you? Well, I don't give people a chance to just spout off. I do analytics first. So there have been 24 black coaches in the NFL in its history, right? Right. Eight of them have winning records. Eight. Only eight. That's only one-third. Right. Sixteen have losing records. And my belief is that you could be Barney the Purple Dinosaur if you can win games these NFL owners will hire you. Agreed. Okay? Right. But to, Smith is correct when he says there is a cronyism and a favoritism with the owners and certain coaches. That is true. It is in the media. Uh, I've, I've lived it my whole life. And someday we'll get into the fact that I left ABC News working for Peter Jennings because I knew I couldn't get uh, promoted much higher because my name wasn't Stone or Forest. Gotcha. <laughs> I used to yell at my mother, couldn't you name me after an inanimate object? Oh, that's funny. I'm Bill. Right. Bill from Levittown. <laughs> All right? There was a classism there. Yep. And I saw it. I knew it. And that system is in play. But it's not a skin color situation. So Smith is a is a smart guy, yeah. and I think I mediated a, a detente between him and Barber, and I like Tiki Barber. Me too. Okay, I, I think I was uh, you know because Smith respects me. He knows that I don't patronize him. He knows I'm not a skin color guy. He knows that I'm fair, and I base my analysis on facts. And when I hit him with, look, if you're not winning, you're going to lose your job. That's okay, it. Yep. that's it. Yep. That's what the league is. It's a ruthless money machine, and it always has been. And that being said, don't bet this game. Don't bet this game because nobody can predict this game. No, it's tough. Um, I, you know, I, I think the, the, you know, the, they want to bet the Bengals. Burrow's a great story. They're the underdog. But, but the Rams are a very good team. They were in this game just a couple of years ago, and they're really the better team on Sunday. So I think it's a, you're right. It's a tough game to really predict the outcome. Very tough. Right, because you have a Namath factor, and I'm actually having dinner with Joe tonight. Oh, he's up in Jupiter. Uh, he, by the way, he, he closed out his career in Los Angeles with the Rams. That's right, and he could barely walk. But right. He could still throw the ball 60 yards. <laughs> that's right. But anyway, the key to this game is if the Cincinnati offensive line can keep Von Miller and the other guy off Burrow. Dan Donald, that's right. That's Burrow right. is Namath. And Burrow could engineer an upset victory because he's that good. Yep, agreed. But he's not going to be that good 
if he's got giant guys pounding him every play. Right. And I don't know whether that Cincinnati offensive line can keep the L.A. guys who are, who are really good, the defense, off Burrow. That's the key to the game. Agreed. But if you're betting that game, you're betting on a guess. So, you know, there's no analytics you can bring to it. because You don't know if they can keep uh, – the Rams out of the backfield with Burrow. I agree. And that's the game right there. That is the perfect analysis. Bill, I will see you, I guess, at the Garden on Wednesday night, yes? Yes, we're going to frighten everyone at the Garden. Uh, O'Reilly and uh, Sid will be on display. Spike Lee is going to have a heart attack. You know that, right? <laughs> Are we sitting next to Spike? Is that what we're sitting? Yeah, we're going to sit near him, and I'm going to heckle him. I'm heckling Spike. Oh, that's going to be great. Right, I'm going to give Spike enough money to buy new glasses. <laughs> be great. Well, I can't wait. So you enjoy uh, Palm Beach and give my regards. Joe and I are very good friends, too. Give my regards to Namath later on tonight, and I'll see you next Wednesday at the Garden, buddy. I love you. Thank you. Okay, Sid. And best to Bernie. We're always praying for him. Absolutely. I'll send along your best when I speak to him later on today. The great Bill O'Reilly, the highlight of the weekend, once again, did not disappoint. That was amazing. Fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid. After Deb with the news. I remember when I saw him in concert back at, um, that was the name of that place again, uh, the original Woodstock. My mother lives there, a mile away. Uh, Bethel Woods, about three summers ago, Danielle and I went to see them perform with Train. It's a great concert. And they're all kids, and then there's me, and I'm like jumping up and down to Iris and Black Balloon and Slide, and, and I felt old and silly, but I had a good time nevertheless. And I love that band. I don't know why, his voice, that guy Resnick, he's out of Buffalo. Somebody called in weeks ago and said, though, he lives in New Jersey by you now. He's right next to me in Westfield. Oh, so you do know he lives there. Yeah. Have you met him? I, I haven't met him. Uh, I Supposedly, I've been in restaurants at the same time as his, him. But you know what I, he looks like? I know exactly what he looks a little bit different these days. Right. I know exactly what he looks like. Are you a Google Dolls fan, too? I, I love Google Dolls. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And he's one town over. Two N- blocks over, to be exact. Oh, you got to bang him. He's, he's, he says, we sing with <laughs> the Google Dolls. I mean, no. Don't you have to? I've never been into the Rockers. Never? No. Never had a crush on a rock and roll guy no, ever? No, no. I, I, I was always more of a, a Cologero from Bronx Tale girl. I'm not the Rockers own Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So you must have been very upset before when I told you that Chaz Palmateri will never talk to him again, Lilo Broncado, ever. I, I, I've, I've heard rumblings of that. That's No, that's sad. a true story. No, I, I've, I've spoken to Chaz about wow. it many, many times. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. That makes yeah. me sad because that's one of my favorite movies. No, it's a great movie. In fact, a lot of the guys that uh, do the TV show Gravesend with me started there, including William DeMeo and uh, Peter Gordio. All those guys started... Uh, on a Bronx tale. A lot of them. 
he gave uh, a lot of local kids, Chance Palmentary, the opportunity to act. And Chance is going to be on Gravesend. Now, he, his daughter was on. Now, he's going to be on the last couple of episodes as well. He just signed on. So, very exciting. Can't wait to watch. Oh, it's going to be great. So, Kathy Hochul did lift the mask mandate yesterday. Well, it expired, I guess. She didn't really lift it. It was supposed to expire today anyway. Right. She just kind of let it go away. Right. Let, just let it expire. This is businesses, not schools. Here was the governor, Kathy Hochul, yesterday. We had a mask or vax requirement for businesses. It was an emergency temporary measure put in place literally two months ago. And at this time, we say that it is the right decision to lift this mandate for indoor businesses and let counties, cities, and businesses to make their own decisions on what they want to do with respect to mask or the vaccination requirement. Given the declining cases, given declining hospitalizations, that is why we feel comfortable to lift this in effect tomorrow. You should feel comfortable, sweetheart, because, like you said, no one's getting it. Nobody's dying. It's over. It's been over for months. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. A lot of phone calls this hour. You can call about whatever you want. You want to call about the mask mandate. You want to call about the Super Bowl. You want to call about Eric Adams. You want to call about um, whatever it is that's on your mind today, the Bill O'Reilly conversation, the Curtis Sewell conversation, Takapina. It's all out there, so feel free to call in. Now, we don't care about businesses because adults like me, I stopped wearing my mask in these places a long time ago. Now, every now and then, like last Saturday, I got kicked out of West Elm Furniture, but I didn't get kicked out of the Columbus Circle shops. Even though I got yelled at about a thousand times, I wasn't going to leave. What we care about are schools. At the risk of repetition, we've only had this conversation in the last two years a million times. And it's getting boring. I get it. But it is what it is. It's the story of the day. Uh, I want my kid to stop wearing a mask at school. Gabe, 13 years old. It's enough. Can't breathe. He gets a rash on his face. And there's no scientific evidence. None. In fact, the evidence points the complete other direction about kids getting sick from this. So while Kathy Hochul is allowing the business mask mandate to expire, so what? I'm waiting for Kathy Hochul to say, hey, Sid, Gabe doesn't have to wear a mask to that school that you pay $150,000 to send them to. That's what I'm waiting for. But that may not happen anytime soon because idiots like Anthony Fauci, for some reason, for some reason, people still pay pay attention to this guy. He's out there yesterday saying, we're not there yet. What? Of course we are. Here's Anthony Fauci. Well, certainly there will come a time, hopefully, rather than later, when we will be able to lift what? the mask mandate in general, including to schools. But we're not there yet. Of course we're there, you moron. We've been there for a long time. Kids don't get sick. They don't die. That's about it. We're not there yet. What data do you have in front of you? We've been there forever from day one. It gets worse. Jen Psaki, the other Mensa member up there in the, uh, the White House, Speaks on behalf of Joe Biden. She said yesterday, too, we recommend you still wear a mask for the kids. Go ahead, Saki. And given that the CDC guideline oh. still remains yeah, that masking is recommended in schools, if you are a parent, a teacher, a student living in a state where that is no longer recommended, should you still follow the CDC guideline? Yes. No, the answer should be no, doofus. And then you get this. She actually mentioned the CDC, and I have to tell you, The CDC has screwed up about as much as Anthony Fauci. At this point, they have no credibility from me, Sid Rosenberg, when it comes to the COVID. They have none. Don't care. Don't want to hear from Rachel Walensky, any of these people. 
Michelle, whatever her name is. And she spoke yesterday, too, and she said the same thing. Keep the masks on. We continue to recommend masking in areas Why? of high and substantial transmission. Um, that's that m- much of the country right now in public indoor settings. And so we're, of course, taking a close look at this in real time. And well, we're evaluating anything. rates of transmission um, and, as well as rates of severe I shut outcomes. Off God, so that's where we are. Did we cover that good? Yeah, you're upset. Yeah, I'm upset because I'm upset for the kids. I don't care about me. You know, I'll uh, I'll fight it out. I've been doing it for two years. But uh, the kids, I, there's no data. There's zero data to support a kid wearing a mask. All the data I've got, and they've got, they've got the same data, the CDC, the WHO, Anthony Fauci, countless others, says the complete opposite. Kids don't get sick. Kids don't die. Kids are fine. Put a mask on them. And fat Stacey Abrams, fatso, she's sitting there with a bunch of kids not wearing a mask. Which she should because scared the hell out of those kids. She can haunt the three-family house. You know what I'm saying, right? I do. I do. She's scary. <laughs> she's Looks a little like cabbage scary. patch doll. She does look. Yeah, that's a, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good call. Mm-hmm. That's a good call, <laughs> right, uh, right, Jason? Uh, Justin Alec? Oh, how come yeah. I, call, I call you uh, yeah. Jason a lot, by the way. I don't know why. Um, me neither. It's just easier because I have to put the T after the S. It becomes a bit of a hassle. It's not an easy name to pronounce. You're right. It's, um, yeah, Justin. It's tough. Yeah, it's not easy. Let's go to uh, Tony. That's easy. In Brooklyn, online five, talking about the story of the day. Hello, Tony. Hey, my man. Listen, I'm a business owner in Brooklyn, New York. I have a retail store. Yeah. And let where me are tell you, you? What, what part of Brooklyn? Big... Where, where in Brooklyn, Tony? I'm in Crown Heights. Gotcha, go ahead. Um, so, so it's not enough to let the mandate expire on masks. They need to ban these things because these shoplifters are coming into stores like mine. Yeah. And let me tell you something. This is real. Okay, these people are coming in with their, their, their faces hidden. They're feeling entitled. They could do whatever they want. You call the police. The police don't come. If they do come, they don't want to take a report. Nothing gets done. True. The city's a mess. I can't argue with any of that, and my heart goes out to you as a retail owner. I wish you the best of luck. I would just say defend yourself and your property. Do the best you can, but they are certainly not making life easy for you. So I wish you the best of luck, Tony. Randy Croton, line three. Hello, Randy. Hey, Sydney. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Excuse me. Uh, I just want to call, and first I want to say how nice it is to see the relationship with you and Bernard and how much you really do care for each other. Thank you. At, when you guys are in, you know, time of need, you know, that type Thank of you. thing. I think, I think that's wonderful, and I know it's sincere, and I just want to say that. Thank you, Randy. Thank that's, you for that. Yeah, no problem. But, but uh, my question is, yeah. how come you don't watch The Real Housewives in New Jersey anymore? I'll tell, no, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because I, I ended up meeting a lot of them, and I don't like them. Uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, I met a lot of them in person. Uh, some of them I like, some I don't. And, you know, they're not uh, in real life as they portray themselves on TV. So if I watch Real Housewives of Orange County like I did last night, I'd never met any of those ladies. So Noel could be that bad. Shannon can be that bad. Uh, uh, Heather could be that bad. It doesn't matter to me. I don't know them. But I got to know some of these ladies, and I don't like some of them. 
so I don't watch the show. But, it, I mean, so what? Who cares? I still watch Orange County. I do watch Salt Lake City. I do watch Atlanta once in a while. I'm even watching Candy's new show out of Atlanta. But um, I guess, unfortunately, I did meet some of the Jersey people, not fortunately, and it turns out that they disappointed me. So I don't watch the show. Let's go to, um, I don't know, Glenn in Middle Village on line six. Glenn, what's going on, pal? Sydney, listen, um, <clears throat> can we call uh, Luke, uh, his new nickname, Cool Hand Luke? Cool when you, when you Hand throw it over Luke. To him? Yes, very good. Very good. And, and one other thing, I got a nickname for you, too, and I'll tell you why really quick. I'm going to call you the Wandering Jew from now on. And the <laughs> reason you're like a Bedouin. And the reason why I say that is because every time somebody calls, you either been there, live there, True. know where it is. True. If I said to you, this is Glenn from Kandahar. I live on Terrorist Street and Jihad Avenue. You'd say, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that place. Uh, I yeah, live actually, around the corner well, in a no, mud con- hut. Congratulations. You found one place I don't know. But it is true. I know a lot about a lot of stuff. Uh, here it is. Uh, thanks, Glenn. Doc is in New Jersey on Line 5. Good morning, Doc. How are you, pal? Good morning, Sid. Good to talk to you. You too. And uh, my best out to Bernie. Um, I just got a quick little trivia sports thing that you might uh, might enjoy. There are four guys who won the Heisman and the MFP uh, MVP, excuse me, in the Super Bowl. Can you name them? Desmond Howard. When the Packers beat the uh, Patriots, he's won. Um, They won the MVP of a Super Bowl, and they won the Heisman. I should be getting this a lot quicker. I'm not going to do it, I don't think. Montana never won the Heisman. I know that. Um, uh, I only got one so far. I'm not doing very good. Emmett didn't win the Heisman. Um, is it, is it, how, give me the era. Give me the era. Uh, well, one's kind of early, uh, in the early 60s, quarterback. Uh, Bart Starr? No. He didn't win the Heisman. No. Stable didn't win it. Bradshaw didn't win it. Starback. Yes. Roger Storback. Okay, there's two. Uh, what? Give me the position of the of the third okay, and fourth guy. I got I got another quarterback. Another uh, quarterback. Yeah. You, you, uh, Jim Plunkett. Yes. Oh, baby, Stanford and the yes. Raiders. How about that? Uh, uh, one more. What position? Running back. Running back won the Heisman and the Super Bowl MVP. And I should be getting this, and I don't think I'm going to get it. I don't know. Who was it? M-A. Initials M-A. Initials M-A. Big time running back? Friend of O.J.'s. Friend of O.J. Simpson. Um, I don't know. Who is it? Marcus Allen. Oh, that's right. He had that amazing game. I could tell you the game. It was against the Redskins. Joe Theismann <laughs> threw a pick six to Jack Squirek right before halftime in Pasadena. And Marcus rocked for about 180 yards that day. That's a great question. You Thank go. you for that, Doc. Thank you so much. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Let's go to um, one more. We'll go to Vinny in Jersey City. I love that place. Vinny, what's going on, pal? I love it, too. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you touched it. It's fear and control over the children. The, the, the parents, too bad the parents just can't rip them, walk into those classrooms and walk the kids out. But you said enough about that. The other thing is, you know, maybe I'm off on this, but I really think that they're allowing this push, push, push with the violence on the street. Guns are at an all-time high. What they're really trying to do is get the people to use their guns. I, I, I can't think any other way. How could you be a business owner? How could you take the subway without taking something with you 
to protect yourself when you keep on hearing this over and yeah. over and over yeah. again. It goes yeah. hot. The numbers are hot. They're going to, and then when the people start blowing these people away because they come into the, uh, their homes or, or try to push them on a track, you're going to say, see, the guns, the guns, you got to take the guns away. No, I think you're right. I, I, don't, I think you're right. I mean, I got to tell you, if I'm that guy and I own a store in Brooklyn and they're coming into my shop and, and robbing stuff and doing those types, I'm getting a gun. I don't have a gun right now that you know of, that you know of, but uh, I'm getting a gun and I'm going to use it. So I think you're right. I think you're going to see gun use go up even more. And that'll continue this nonsensical narrative. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We need a contestant right now for Beat Sid. Your chance at $100, compliments of Pete Morgan, and, of course, a WABC Barry House coffee mug. Beat Sid comes your way at 940. Someone exactly like you I've been traveling all around the world Waiting for you to come through Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Keep me satisfied Someone exactly like you Well, Valentine's Day is coming up on Monday. Most of us will celebrate it this weekend. Guys, you screw this up, you won't get laid for the year. And you screw it up every time. It's, it's unbelievable to me how many guys do that. I just don't get it. You know she's going to be pissed. Oh, my wife doesn't care. She cares. I don't care if she says to you for, for, for three weeks leading up to the day, don't I've had don't buy me anything, I don't care. It's a Hallmark holiday. And then, stupid, you don't buy something. I swear the next morning she goes, This jerk off in bed next to me, this guy bought me nothing. My husband got me a Mercedes. All it takes is some flowers and chocolate. Just what don't even get two, get something, get a card. Get something. I don't care what your wife tells you. Trust me, she cares. She will tell every one of her girlfriends time and time again what a cheap prick you are. I'm telling you. I've had, I don't want anything. Wait a second. You told me you don't want anything. I did what you wanted me to do. No, 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 no. I was testing you. It's all a big game. All a big game. It's all a big game. That's right. It's like reverse psychology. Correct. If you just have your brain work the opposite way that you think it should work. And even then, you may not win. I mean, the truth is, they've got you by the balls, literally and figuratively. Yeah, of course. So you have to try to play the game and figure it out. But, I mean, you you never know. You know, it's a a walking in a minefield. Yeah, men men in general, in terms of if we're going to relate this to sports, isn't uh, isn't a very good team. We don't have a very good record on these things. No, because we're stupid. Yeah. So, but at least at the end of the day, whether she holds it against you or not, gives it to you or not, at least you can go to bed at night knowing you made an attempt. But when you do nothing, you deserve whatever you're not going to get. So I'm, uh, I'm going to go to the uh, Rosanna Scotto's restaurant, uh, Fresco. I've never been there before. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. There. Peter King loves it, and, and uh, Margaret loves it, and uh, people love it. And I love Rosanna. I'm friends with Rosanna. So we're going to do that on Saturday, and then I have to I have to get us something that's a little different, not just the, the chocolate and the uh, jewelry, 
you know, Frankie, you could do something for you. That's impossible. You're not going to be able to think of anything. Why do you say that? Because I've tried. It's impossible. So you just don't do anything? Uh, no, you got to do something, but just keep it. You do what you always do. It's, it, it's, it's a waste of energy trying to figure out something that's unique. Ralph Napolitano, it's a big game for sure. That's why I'll stay single and free for the rest of my life. No thanks, Ralph. I love you to pieces, but no thank you. I mean, I don't know what you were doing last night, but let me tell you, you would have loved to be me. Trust me. You would have loved it. Hey, now. Yeah. So I'll buy the chocolates. It's okay. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, <laughs> Frankie Diaz, what about you? you uh, well, you're a single guy, right? Yeah, this is actually the first uh, Valentine's Day, I think, in like three years that I've been by Oh, you myself. had a girlfriend? Uh, well, last year. No. Yeah, last year. What happened? Uh, just ir- irreconcilable differences. She hates you. No, uh, no, I don't know. She hates me, but she it, hates just, it didn't. It didn't work out. We lived together for uh, like oh, a gosh, year and a half, and it was. You. Oh my god! You're gonna love this too. Frankie let her live in his apartment for a while. What? Yeah, yeah. So, so when we what split. Are you doing? So when we split, I live in a house. So when we split, yeah. I, uh, it, it was. It got to the point where I said, you know what? I can't stay in this house. Uh-huh. And she wouldn't leave immediately, so so she got the house too. She, no, so I went. Like I, 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 I went to my I went to my mom's old uh, my mom's basement, oh, which is my old apartment. So I stayed there for three months until she moved out. So she had the house. For three she months. had the house, the backyard, all the and then and then when I came back, she she left. I think around the the relationship ended in April, yeah. and she and I came back in July, like okay. right around Fourth of July. Yeah. She took all the appliances, all the knife set, the, the the slow cooker, the the air fryer. Right. So they don't they don't hate each other, but Frankie will pay rent not to see this woman. I mean, uh, what kind of story is this? This is embarrassing. I hope she, she also I'm, took I'm my she also took you. my twelve hundred dollar gifts in Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Oh God. So all right. So a uh, Michael Garcia, you. Got a, uh, you've got like a uh, Sophia or something, right? That's her name, Sophia. Yeah, and you're with her for a long time, right? So far, two and a half years. Uh, What's well, a long time? Are you going to marry this girl? I will, but I want to test everything out first. Test everything out? Yes, I don't even know what that means. Living together, making sure that our families are good, making sure that we're compatible. And, and what does she say about this? Gabby, sit down for a second. And what does she say about this? Uh, oh, she pressures me almost every day. Like... Unlike Justin, she pressures me almost every day. And, and so what are you going to get her for Valentine's Day this weekend? What are you doing? Anything? I have zero idea. Uh-huh. Is about, she going to be okay with I'm, that? Gabby, sit down for a second. I, oh, here we go. Is she going to be okay with that? I'm the ultimate procrastinator. I think of things at no. the very last minute. But you'll do something. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, hey, Gabby, Gabby Lopez, do you have a um, – I know she had a boyfriend. I know she has a boyfriend now. This is uh, Chad's daughter, my boss, Chad, who I love dearly. And his daughter, who, who she actually works a TV portion of this, WABCradio.tv. <laughs> She's an adorable kid. Oh, boy. You have a boyfriend now or no? Um, no, I don't have a boyfriend. You had one last year, didn't you? Indeed, I did. <laughs> so, so this Valentine's Day, you got nothing going on? Um, no, I have nothing going on. I mean, honestly, that's fine for me. You're okay I'm, with that? I'm okay with right. that. I actually, I usually spend Valentine's Day with my dad. Oh, you do? That's when, nice. Ever, ever since um, when my parents got divorced and yeah, stuff, yeah. I would spend Valentine's Day every year with my dad. That's nice. Like, so, so is that what you're doing this weekend? Um, yes. I, cool. Cool. We're gonna we're gonna see because you know I'm I'm gonna be all over the place this weekend. But right, right. I would definitely like to on Monday. So that's yeah. very nice, actually. I like that. That's cool. Uh, what about you, Christina? What's on? Uh, what New Jersey hot spot? <laughs> Oh, you're going to Brooklyn today with the great Warren Vuitton. That's very exciting. You're going to be in Bay Ridge. I am. I am. And I'm actually going to be with her for uh, Valentine's Day weekend, too. you got to stick with your girlfriends. But what? I just want as the fem- <laughs> as, as one of the only females here, I just want to give advice to everybody. Okay. It's all about being thoughtful. 
What does that mean? Don't over. You don't go crazy. I got to get her jewelry. I have to get her the perfect gift. Can I right. be honest with you? Thoughtful always. Give me. Give wins. me an example of something thoughtful, thoughtful. That, that Greg would get for you, and you'd say, "Okay, that was not. That was nice." So I'm going to be honest. If you throw a gift at me and there's no card that says a couple cute lines in it, yeah. that to me is not thoughtful. Danielle it, says the same thing. She always says the card is the most important uh, part. And of men the, uh, think we're lying when we say this. And listen, I, I'm sure there's women out there that are like, just get me the Gucci, yeah, save the card. A lot of your friends. I, but I'm not <laughs> like that. And, and, I, and I do know a lot of women out there that yeah. it's more the thought that counts. Something thoughtful. If she just broke her pair of slippers, yeah. at something like that. Like right. just thoughtful. Write something nice in the card. Don't don't overthink it or just you what know. about what about like a gift certificate for a nail salon? Okay, now, or a hair salon or now, a, or now, a day at the spa. If it is something where like I I am a weekly get my eyelashes done, right. weekly spray tan, or weekly get my nails done. If it's something that you know I do a lot, it is thoughtful. That's good. You, you know it's part of my weekly routine, and and you're saving me some money and right. It's thoughtful as long as there's a little thought into it. Okay. I think that's where you win. What about sex toys? I got to be, <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's all, it's all, if that's your thing, if, if you as a couple, that's what you guys like to do. If she's not into that and you get her that, yeah. then you're a douche. Then, then that's she's going to be thing. like, <laughs> you're, you're sleeping on the couch. That's everybody's thing. It's everybody's thing? Everybody's thing. Oh, you're, so you're going to speak on behalf of everybody. <laughs> everybody. And if they say it's not, they're lying. Yeah. Again. And, and if you're a guy, why wouldn't you want it? Like that, that, I, that, I, that, I, that thing's a, your friend. It was only a question for you. Got I was a question for you. Look how excited you are. <laughs> Why don't you buy yourself some of those then, okay, buddy? You're really into that. <laughs> How do you know I have it? I have no idea. Well, there you have it. What other morning radio show in New York City will you have that type of uh, recommendation, suggestions from men, from females, everything from nail salons to Hallmark cards to, yes, whipped cream? Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Alrighty, welcome to the Beat Bernie game. Today, a special edition, Beat Sid, sponsored uh, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Fearless Boilers. Check them out at fearlessboilers.com and paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Fearless Boilers, America's best Bill. Boilers. Today we have Richie in Patchogue. What's going on, Richie? Hello, Justin. How you doing? I'm good there, buddy. Uh, it says here you're a truck driver. Are you in your truck right now? Yes, I am. How about it? How about it? Where are you? Coney Island. Oh, okay. Very nice. Take a ride on the cyclone? <laughs> I wish. Bing bong. I don't think they're, I don't think they're open yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd be the first one in line, though, now, wouldn't we'll- you? We're working on the hospital here, the new hospital going up. Oh, how about that? Okay. All right. Fun fact of the day. You ready to get into the game? Yes, we are. All right, buddy. Here we go. It's going to be a little bit more sports and pop culture center today since we got Sid on the game. You think you're prepared for that? Well, let's see what happens. Let's see. All right. Number one, who was the manager of the New York Mets during their last playoff appearance? Bobby Valentine. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Not a bad guess there, Rich. Terry Collins is the correct answer. All right, number two. Which of these teams did Shaquille O'Neal not play for? Is it A, the Phoenix Suns, B, the Los Angeles Clippers, C, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 
or D, the Boston Celtics? Boston Celtics. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Oof. I don't really remember him as a Celtic either, but it was the Los Angeles Clippers. That's a confusing one because he did play a while for the Lakers, so uh, Los Angeles was probably what tripped you up there, no? Uh, I thought it might have been the Clippers, but... All right, well... Uh, with the Celtics. Nah, yeah, next time you go with your gut. I don't remember him playing with the Celtics. Me neither, to be completely honest with you, but he did. He did. We know it's that. his final year in basketball playing with the Celtics. How about it? All right, number three. You ready to go, Rich? Let's, uh, let's try and get a right answer here. The Beatles' self-titled album is also known by what color? White album. Very good, Richie. One for three so far. We're back on track. Let's see if we can get back uh, get back to uh, a little 500 batting average here. Are you ready for number four? Eddie. What astronomer is name dropped in Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody? Galileo. Bang. Very, very good, Rich. Two for four thus far. Let's see if we can close it out with a W. Number five. What Metropolitan Division team did Artemi Panarin play for before joining the New York Rangers? The Islanders. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Hmm. That would have been an easy trip for him, but no, it was the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, not a bad showing out of you, Rich. You did better than most, two for five. So we'll uh, we'll get Sid back in here, and uh, we'll see if he can best you. I'm not exactly sure how smart he's feeling today. It tends to um, fluctuate, if you know what I mean. Uh, I think he's good to beat me. All right, hang out on hold for a second, all right? What's going on, handsome? Hi, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How was the walkover? It was fine. A little tiring? I was in the back watching you fall out of the chair. It was brilliant. Oh, really? Was it? Did you like that? Did That's you funny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really yeah, funny. I'm a funny guy. You're so, a very uh, funny guy. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, you ready to play the game? I am. Wow. Usually the answer is no, a resounding no. But today he's prepared. I'm in a much better mood. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Must be that beautiful Joseph Abood suit you're wearing. Nope. Okay. Not, it's not even a suit. It's a uh, linen shirt and a sport jacket, but you're all over it. Uh, all right. You're well, a man of fashion. Joseph, I think, will join us tomorrow, right, for Fashion Week? or That'd be wonderful. This is uh, New York City Fashion Week. Yeah, it starts tomorrow, I believe. And then no, I goes... think it started already. It, really? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. You ready to go? As you should. Okay. Number one. Who was the manager of the New York Mets during their last playoff appearance? The last playoff appearance... Wow. Uh, that would have been, I guess, 2015 yeah, when, when they, they lost the World Series to the Royals. Who the hell was the manager back then? Mm. I was living in Polk. I actually forgot the manager already. Uh, wow. This is terrible. I know. You should know it. I really should, right? Yeah. I forgot. You forgot? Give me a guess. I, well, I don't even remember. I can't. I'm going to hit you with a just a... a Give me the initials. A lethal sounder right now. The initials you're yeah. going to get into? I know. TC. Oh, Terry Collins. Yeah. That doesn't Wrong, count. Wrong, you two-legged back of that. Right. I forgot. I forgot about Terry Collins. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. went to the World Series. This is what happens when you start talking about Jen Psaki and Joe I Biden know, and all you, this nonsense yeah, every day. You forget important stuff like the Mets. I understand. This idiocy with the masks and then the, the crime and the, my God, who cares? Yeah. 
Now I forgot the Met manager. That's important. That's unfortunate. Uh, you're going to have to study up. Yeah. All right, number two. Which of these teams did Shaquille O'Neal not play for? Right. Is it A, the Phoenix Suns, B, the Los Angeles Clippers, C, the Clippers? Don't go any further. <laughs> Son of a gun. Now the Palatano's making fun of me. Yeah, obviously. What did Mike DeDino send me? He's a great sports guy. Last playoff appearance was when Mad Bum blanked him in a wild card game the year after. Oh, he's right about that. He's 1,000% right about Yeah, Bum Garner, the Giants. Yeah, if you want to call a wild card game a playoff appearance. But it was. He's right. Again, Mike Who was on the mound for the Mets? On the mound that day? Yeah. Everybody knows that. Tom Seaver. <laughs> <laughs> Terry okay. Collins, I'm so nice job, Mike Dino. Go ahead. What's up, uh, Madison Bumgarner? Number three. I'm one one for two so far. Yeah, the Beatles self-titled album is also known by what color? The white album. <laughs> this son of a bitch. That playoff run was when you had hair. <laughs> That's funny. Who said that? Your wife? Oh, my who sent me this? <laughs> Is that Frankie Diaz? That was me. That was me. Oh, because all I have are pictures from this 646 number. One is me eating Frosted Flakes. One is me with a cast member from the Housewives of New Jersey behind me. And one is me alone yelling about something. So, yeah, it sounds like you. That's me. Two out of three. Go ahead. What's next? All right. Now I forgot what number we're on. Oh, number number four. four. Okay. What astronomer is name-dropped in Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody? Astronomer? Yeah, what astronomer. Oh, my God. Do you, do you even know what an astronomer is? Do you? Somebody knows about astronomy. Well, what's astronomy? It's stars. Okay, so who was it? It was, um, everybody knows this. Yeah. Except, except for Christina, you. Christina, do you know? What's the answer? Go ahead. Let me. Am I allowed yeah, to you can say it. Yeah, well, it's not going to be right for him, but. Galileo. Oh, you suck. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. It's wrong? No, it's right. I, just, oh. I hit that because you got Galileo, it right. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very good. Nice job. All right. How many did uh, the caller get right? He got two right. You got to get this to win. All right. All right, ready? Yeah. What Metropolitan Division team? What? Is- Was hockey? Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I can never work at the fan again. Yeah, now you're nervous. I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I just signed a 17-year contract to stay here. I can but see- I forgot about sports, everything. I can see your bald head getting all shiny because you're sweating. No, I don't care. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number five. What Metropolitan Division team did Artemi Panarin play for before joining the New York Rangers? The Buffalo Sabres. Is that a... Why are you going so quick if you don't know the answer? <laughs> well, hold on a second. I do know. <laughs> well, then who is it? He's their best player, dummy. I, I get that. Right. Well, what's the question? <laughs> what Metropolitan Division team did Artemi Panarin play for before joining the New York Rangers? The Maple Leafs. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Jesus. Uh, that was really an. Those two Atlantic uh, Division yeah. teams, actually. Yeah, that, that was, not even in the same division. Not even. Yeah, that was an abysmal showing at you. Oh my God! You should, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> well, any time now that John Katsimatidis or Chad Lopez questions whether or not my heart is in the game here, I think I just kind of proved it, right? I guess so. I'll it's, make it, you. I mean, I, I have the most. I have the most compelling. And, and and intellectual conversations with Bill O'Reilly you're ever going to find. And I forgot about Terry Collins. I'll make you a deal, Sid. When we go to that uh, that Rangers-Birds game next week, you and Pete Morgan sit next to me and my brother. We'll teach you everything you need to know. How's that sound? I may not go to that game because I'm going to the Nick game the next night with Bill O'Reilly. I can't go to the Garden two nights in a row. Why not? Because it makes me look bad. Does it? Yes. All right. Rich, I feel like Joe Beningo. Rich is waiting for you on hold. He really wants to talk to you. Hi, Rich. What's up, brother? Yeah. Sid, how's it going? How you doing, so brother? I was going to get an old fat... 
thought I was getting an old-fashioned butt whipping today. Yeah, I wasn't into it. Uh, you know, I'm never into this game. They make me play this game. I, it's like a hostage video. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I love you. Are you in Pachog? Uh I live out there, but right now I'm in Coney Island. What are you doing in Coney Island? I do, I work. I drive a truck, so I'm delivering some goods to Coney Island Hospital, the new one. No kidding. Are you going over to one? Uh, oh, but you're not really in Coney Island. You're by Coney Island Avenue, then by the hospital. But you're not. You're not like on Surf right. Avenue, right? No. You're not going to go. You're not going to go. You're not going to go to Nathan's and grab a hot dog or uh, something like that. Go to Julio's, have not some today. lunch. No, but I, I did hit another deli over here. It was pretty good. Though. Which one? It's called Tashment. They got a butcher counter to die for. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's nice to talk to you, Richie. Thank you for playing the game. You sound like a cool guy, a guy to hang out with, actually. So thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate all you do, Sid, in regards to Bernie. You got it. I'll send them along. Richie from Patchogue, 1-800-848-WABC. I was good today, yes? Yeah, other than you botching the game. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't care. Okay. John Katz was just on with Rosanna. Is that true? You know, I'm talking all day long about going to Rosanna's restaurant. And she may come on tomorrow on this show. And uh, John was just on with her just now. That's according to Chuck Scholl, one of the great cops in the history of Brooklyn. Do you have any confirmation on that? I don't have any. Well, he would know, Chuck. He's not going to lie about it. No, but then maybe then maybe John can get her on the show tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, I asked her. Yeah, but I think she might be more <laughs> persuaded if John asked her. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, why is that? Um, just curious. Huh? Well, because John's a billionaire and you're not. Uh-huh. And that's how people base their decisions on who's got more money? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, most of the time. Okay. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. When the sun came up this morning And she smiled her smile for me I felt it for the first time Something deep inside of me Something deep inside of me So you can take your midnight rambling boy And you can keep your winding road Living inside my heart now. What's this uh, podcast you three are doing? Mike Tadino with um, Luke Lacrano and Justin Ellick. It's got to be really good sports. Yep. What is it? Uh, it's called Guys Behind the Glass. It's uh, now up on WABCRadio.com. It's on the 77 WABC app. So you nice. can get it there as well. Every week? Every week, and we'll do a 15-minute episode every week. Cool. And uh, knock it, bang it out. It's uh, me, my guy Luke, and uh, Mike Dodino. Three talented guys. I like that. Yeah. It's got to be a very good show, no? It's it's great. It's a lot of fun. How about What do you think, Luke? I'm thoroughly enjoying it. If you listen to the first episode right now, we're also streaming on Spotify, to my knowledge. Uh, me and Mike get into it about uh, Tom Brady and who's the GOAT of football. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, a, a, a great first episode. I think it's really going to set the stage for what we're going to do. All right. That sounds exciting. Very good. Thank you guys uh, for all of that. It was a great show today. I'm taping my podcast. Today it's a video podcast, of course, Citizens United. It takes about four or five days to get up. I'm doing that with Amanda Cipriano. Coming up, and then, uh, of course, uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning here doing this show. Bernard will be back on Monday. Prayers for Bernie as he goes through round two of his chemotherapy. Great job by all you guys today. Christina, terrific job. Enjoy your lunch with Warren Vuitton. Justin Ellett, great job. Luke Lograno, 
Mikey Garcia, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, the whole crew. All of us, to all of you. Tomorrow, Friday morning at 6.